entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Brooklyn, stand up. Go! Everybody, welcome back. Special little Friday the 13th episode for you this Friday. Um, I'm Max Adams. I'm Liam Spellman. On today's episode, uh, we got MLB awards were handed out. We had a crazy week nine with a lot of down to the wire finishes. Um, the NBA draft is coming up, so we got a little bit of a, a assembled mock draft for you. Yep. Couple trade rumors that we have. Big big name right there, Russell Westbrook. Where is he gonna go? Excited mm-hmm. to see that. We got our fun two minute drill that we always like to do, uh, as long as with our with our NFL pickums. Yep. So a very fun show on deck for you guys today. Uh, but we're gonna start with the aforementioned NBA rumors. So the first one that's kind of been dominating uh, ESPN and all the other sports networks for the last like two days or so was the um, Russ and Harden displeasure. Uh, I, I don't really know how to describe that because like, neither of them have really formally requested a trade yet, but they're both expressing some concerns and yeah. people say that they want out and they don't want to play each other, but then they're still hanging out every day. I saw that. Uh, so I think because Westbrook was like he wanted out. Mm. Harden said he was still kind of... Like he was still like he still wanted to play for the Rockets. But mm. then they were they were friendly. I think they wished each other ha- like they wished uh, Harden wished Westbrook a happy birthday. I think like they still seemed cool. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was yeah it was weird that Westbrook was like yeah I want out. Yeah. Um. From everything that I've I've read and I've watched, it doesn't seem like there's any urgency of them wanting out right away. Mm. Westbrook's um kind of unhappy with his role in the offense last yeah. year. And like, so he wants to be ball dominant. Right? Yeah, yeah, he wants he wants the ball in his hands. And James Harden, that's kind of all. That's, he's a ball dominant guy, right. and so any complimentary piece that would have to be in Houston would that would be happy. I would assume would be a big yeah. because they don't need the balls in their the ball in their hands that much. Right. Harden's have the ball the majority of the game. Yes, that's just how their offense goes. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I don't I I don't really know. But the the immediate interest of Russ is put off on the trade market yeah. are coming from. The Suns, the Hawks, the Hornets, the Clippers, the Pistons, and the Knicks, yeah. and the Lakers. Personally, I would like to see the Knicks just because I want to see the Knicks be good again and just have that star. But the Suns would be very interesting, him and Booker, but I don't know if that would mesh. Yeah, I I think you would kind of be presented with the same problem. I think the best option on this list for him and for their team, I would arguably say the two LA teams. Just because neither really has an established guard, um, they're both they both have something missing. The Clippers obviously a lot more than the Lakers, yeah. and uh, the Lakers have a big offseason ahead of them, so they're gonna have to resign a bunch of guys. But if they can ship out um, like the unnecessary pieces, like the Danny Greens and the Kyle Kuzmas yeah. of the world, to get a piece like Westbrook, yeah. Westbrook, AD, and Harden. Yeah, I, I mean AB, uh, AD, and AD. LeBron. Excuse me. Um, but yikes. Yeah, no, that's a great kind of three headed monster right there but I wouldn't say that's 
like where I want them him to go necessarily. I don't because LeBron he's he's ball dominant. He's gonna have the ball mm. the majority of the time, and then they're gonna keep feeding Davis. So I feel like Westbrook will be the, the odd man out there. Yeah, the Clippers would be better, I'd say. But again, like like that's Kawhi's team, and then it's Paul George. Westbrook's again the third. Obviously, uh, Paul George, who knows what he's gonna do? But he's again the third guy. So if we bring him to the Knicks or something like that, it's his team. Yeah, and I think he personally would love that. Yeah. The dark horse team, I think, in this whole equation, and where Westbrook, I think, will will probably lean more towards, I would say, is the Hornets. I did see they were interested in him. Yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, obviously, playing under Michael Jordan is appealing to anybody. Right. Um, they have a really solid young core in Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, and Rozier too. Yeah, it's Terry Rozier, yeah. solid. He, um, he's better suited coming off the bench, anyways. Yep. So really, that that was kind of the team that Westbrook was was um, like his MVP season. Where you have just a bunch of decent role and, players and, and him the as the main guy, yeah. so I think I think that presents Westbrook with the, his happiest option. Right. But I think the Clippers, the two LA teams, and the Clippers and the Lakers would be a better, better fit. Yeah, and as as far as winning goes, at least. I can see that. Um, and then as far as Harden goes, he's still got the 76er rumor about him yeah. since Daryl Morey got shipped out there. And there's also been a Brooklyn rumor. Really? Yes, with Harden. I, with Harden. No way. Harden, Kyrie, KD. No and for way, a package really? like Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Karis Levert, like that, that, um, that would be the wow. package that they would send that way. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what comes of that. I I think it's pure speculation at this yeah. point. The media is kind of reaching to have something to because yeah. middle of the week for ESPN where there's no NBA games, there's mm-hmm. no football games. They gotta they gotta talk about something. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, why not trying to stress that issue? But I don't really think yeah. there's anything there. No, there's a lot there on on the kind of gravel there. But another player that you actually brought up before was Demar Derozan, mm-hmm. potential to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Last we saw Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green. Yep. we were all over that, and that would be. I would, I would, personally, I would like that deal as well, like you said. That's ideal. Yeah. That's literally ideal because, they, like I said, they don't have a guard presence, and those are the two like laboring guys mm-hmm. that you can ship out and still get assets yeah. for. And he's a proven scorer. So that, oh, my God, LeBron would love that. Yes, that would be perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. And then the one final rumor that we saw this week was the CP3 to the Suns talks. Yeah. That that was circulating early in the week. That was early, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, but... I don't really know what's going to come from uh, from that either, but it seems like CP3 is more likely than not on his way. Yeah. If I'm him, I'm very interested in that. Him mm-hmm. and Booker, that's a great, great matchup right there between them two. Yeah, my only concern, though, is like the Suns have a lot of like good young pieces, but who do you give up to get Paul? True. Like, uh, it would be, be, be more picks. Yeah. You I would give up a guy like Kelly Oubre, who's, who's played very well last yeah. year, or maybe a young guy like they drafted Cam. Johnson last uh, Cam year. Johnson, you got uh, Mikael Bridges yeah. too. Like they, they have a couple good. Like Mikael Bridges, he would be another guy. Probably. Yeah. So it, I, if I'm the Phoenix GM, I'm nervous about that yeah. deal. But I mean, either I mean, you Chris, win now or you lose right. Devin Chris Booker. Paul, so Booker, which one do you value more? Chris Paul, Booker, and, and uh, Aiden. That's that's not bad at all. Yeah. So uh, I'll be interested to see where that goes. Yeah. Another guy, just real quick, Old Depot. Curious to see where he's going to go. Yeah. Oh, he just said that um, he came out today. There was a report saying that he's fully committed to the Pacers, yeah, after, which is after, which is great, yeah, by the which way. Was still, I, th- I think we both we had to still a great fit. They're yeah. a great team. They just got to stay healthy. Yeah. They're and they they're poised to make a move in the offseason yeah. to really be a contender in the East because it really it's not that hard to be a contender yeah. in the East right now. Yeah. And they're talented enough to make yeah. a run. No, for so. sure. And he's very talented when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. So I can see another guy like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Segway into the MLB. We just uh, we, we did our MLB awards kind of predictions last week, and now we got our finalists this week. Uh, what, what do you want to start with? 
Um, start with the the managers. We bought, we got both of those yeah. right. Uh, Kevin Cash and Don Mattingly, deservingly so. Um, I think that was pretty, that was pretty easy. It was yeah, so explanatory. Yeah, I really don't think that there was much to look into there. Obviously, there were some guys that had some cases, like the Padres manager and um, and Dave Ross, uh, Montoya yeah. and Toronto. Yep. There there was a couple guys that were definitely up for consideration, but those guys brought way bigger resumes yeah. to the table as far as their season works. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, the Marlins making the playoffs, that speaks for that self. And, yeah. and the Rays were the best team in the East. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Or the American League. So. <laughs> and then um, the Cy Youngs. Um, obviously, we all knew that Shane Bieber was going to get the AL. Yeah. And everyone, that was set in stone from yep. the beginning. But the, the NL Cy Young was was a pleasant surprise yeah. in uh, Trevor Brower. I, I didn't think they were going to give it to him just, just based on, like, the – Udarish's record. Yeah. I I thought he should have got it, and I thought it was plenty deserving so. But I thought that typically those awards go to teams or no, players right. that are on teams yeah. that are winning more. I remember when Rick Porcello won; he had twenty one wins, but mm-hmm. he had a couple of other guys that like had better kind of more strikeouts and other stuff like that. Yeah, that's when Kate Upton threw a temper tantrum With for Berlin. Justin yeah, yeah, yeah. Verlander. Wow, yeah, he's won MVP. Give him a break. <laughs> let Rick Porcello win it. If Kate, Kate Upton wants to advocate for me, that's yeah, oh. I'm gonna let her. Yeah, gonna, yeah just go by all means. Love Kate. <laughs> uh, so there, we had, we, I mean, we were right on both those too because mm-hmm. you, you had Bieber as, and Bauer as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, MVP. This is, I mean, we both had Freddie Freeman, right? No, I had I had Mookie. Oh, so yeah. I went so two. yeah, you you got both of those right. Oh. Although I don't I don't agree with them. Yeah. I don't just uh, I made the case for both of them. But I think the the interpretation or the misconception of value is being brought to the table again right. because like Mookie really. Brought them over the hump, and I guess like it's kind of a regular season right. award. That, so like, that's okay, was, that was the reason why I put Freddie Freeman. Like, Mookie's yeah. no doubt the better player, but regular season Freddie Freeman had a better regular season. Yeah, like okay, sure, but like DJ, the Jose Abreu thing, I I didn't like at all because <laughs> like I, there was so much DJ LeMay who brought so much more to the table, and he he blew away all hitting statistics as far as like on base percentage, batting average, right. all that goes. Yeah. Jose Abreu had all the power numbers, right. but. And then, like, DJ LeMahieu was a utility guy. He yeah. played third, second, first. He was all over the field, and he was he was a reliable guy defensively. I don't think he made more than three errors this year. So it's just, ah, it's tough to see that kind of go, that whole season that he had collectively go to waste because yeah. Jose Abreu had a, a couple of better power numbers. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily with the waste. He won the batting title still. I mean, he won the bat, but, like, yeah. who's going to remember that he had a batting title? Like, yeah. the people, well, I mean, they're going to remember that he won it in both leagues. That's what they'll remember, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I just, I'm not happy with the outcome of that just on the, the sole purpose yeah. that it seems like they undervalued such an incredible hitting season. I mean, both players, both Freeman, Mookie, both... Abreu and Lemayhu, mm. both both they both like they all deserved it, but I think oh yeah, they Abreu were... and Freeman put like for me their regular season put it over the edge. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess I'm just uh, I, I can see where you're arguing. I don't, yeah. I don't love it. <laughs> and then our third third last thing we had here is the Thursday night football game that happened yesterday. A very good matchup wise, the Titans and Colts, kind of division rivals, but. I mean, I know I was surprised in the in the outcome. What about you? I know I know guys like analysts talk about like how special teams can make a difference, and I've never seen it happen until yesterday. Yeah. Oh my god, that was the <laughs> worst display of special teams I think that has been in, like on national TV ever. Yeah. Like the the punter who just came up from FedEx or something, yeah. shanked one, and then like just 
kicked it right into it was a like face 17 mask. Seventeen yards, the 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 first one, and then it got blocked. Yeah, I oh, and then they he he didn't even make an attempt to get out of the way of like six defenders in his face. He just kicked it into a face mask and said a prayer. I don't yeah. know what he thought was going to happen. And then Goskowski continues to shank every kick yeah. that's within 50 yards, yeah. which doesn't make an ounce of sense right. either. He makes the harder ones, but can't make the easy yeah, ones. Yeah, that just I don't understand. I, I think that you have to sign another kicker and just have Goskowski as your 50-plus yard guy. Yeah, honestly. And, and like, kind of take like a Taysom Hill approach where like yeah. Drew Brees will throw all the dunk downs, but if you need somebody to go take a shot, throw in Taysom Hill in yeah. the game. So you have Goskowski as your Taysom Hill, and then you'd bring in somebody else to, yeah. to get that job done because, oh, my God, that's yeah. awful. That, I think the punter was even worse. That was one of the worst punts I've ever seen. That was just the worst display of special teams I've <laughs> ever seen, like by anybody, yeah. ever. That was horrible. Oh. They give the, give the Colts – like those, those two mishaps on the, on the punting literally won the Colts again because they, they didn't look back after that. Yeah, no, not at all. And they, they set him up within within the 25-yard line, and then they, they gift-wrapped him another touchdown, touchdown on the, yeah. uh, the block punt. Yeah. So that was oof. Yeah. I mean, the Titans couldn't get really anything going on offense. Uh, and the Colts' defense is, is pretty damn good. Yeah. No, yeah, the Colts' defense is legitimately having them with a like, winning record. Right. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely agree. Because Phil Rivers hasn't been winning games. It's been your defense. No, no. I love that Phil Rivers is at the point of his career, though, that he's not he's not able to – because Jacoby Brissett came in and threw a ha- at, the halftime, at the halftime Hail Mary and yep. a QB sneak. So he's not reliable to get the ball more than 40 yards down the field yep. in the air. Or taking a basic QB, QB sneak, so he's just doing everything in between. So I love I love that for Phil. He's thriving. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those are for our kind of three things that happened this week. Now we're going to go to our power favorite segment. Is our two minute drill. Mm-hmm. It was week. Ooh, that's too low. Too low. Yeah. Week nine. Yeah. Start off. Yep. Let's go. We start in the Bay, where the assemblance of the San Francisco 25ers take the field for the first time as a freshman volleyball, I mean a, a professional football team. As Aaron Rodgers and the Cheeseheads channeled their inner Michael Scott as it was just another day at the office for them. Green Bay 34, San Francisco 17. In New York, the Jets had a chance to win. I repeat, the Jets had a chance to win. But instead, Cam Fig Newton took his team down for the, to the field, and Nick Folk for a game winner, and it looks more likely that the Jets ain't going to win a single game. And some people say, stay in school. Trevor Lawrence, stay in school. New England 30, the 0-9 Jets 27. In Jacksonville, where Jake from State Farm Lutton made his lowly anticipated debut, but he sure made the most of it, surging the the Jags to a late comeback, including a potential game-tying drive that resulted in him scoring with a what? (laughs) But J.J. Watt electrified the defensive unit as they denied the would-be two-point conversion in avoiding overtime. Houston narrowly escapes with the W. Houston 27, Jacksonville 25. In Music City, Nick let it hang full from the ball 52 times, including one to Ryan, give it your all and all. But you always have to remember the Titans, because they have the king in the backfield to get you some touchdown Titans celebrations. But this time, it was newcomer Desmond King who scored him out to victory. Tennessee 24, Chicago 17. In Arrowhead, where run CMC looked to walk this way to a return to the starting lineup and as the t- league's top back. But evidently, it's tricky because he went down again with a shoulder injury by game's end. Not the only thing Carolina lost in this game as Joey Sly Stallone attempt at a 67-yard game winner was a little rocky. Chiefs narrowly escaped this one. Carolina 31, Kansas City 33. In Minnesota, Dalvin and the Chipmunks continue to stay hot and ride the cooking of Dalvin Cook. Detroit Rock City had no answer for the man as he put up 200-plus yards on her head. Kitty Perry would have been upset because she would have wanted to hear the Lions roar. 
But in the end, her, them and Simba are really, oh, I just can't wait to be king. Minnesota 34, Detroit 20. In the 305, where Cliff Kingsbury decided to take on a new brand of football, I'm being told that it's called the Charmin Way. Crazy enough, this brand of football did not work as Miami's defense wins them another game for the second consecutive week. That's more than some teams can say about their season. <laughs> Jets! <laughs> Miami 34, Arizona 31. In Jerry World, we saw a fifth-string quarterback take the reins for the Cowboys. Garrett Gilbert played well, connecting to ABCD Lamb for a score, but in the end, the Steelers were too much and remained undefeated. Pittsburgh 24, Dallas 19. As we got a nice ad here. That's all right. Keep it going, Max. You're good. In Indy, where Lamar Jackson continues to throw for less yards than Dage Trump has left in office. Luckily, Chuck Clark was there to pick up the slack, contributing a scoop and score in a play where we saw Phil Rivers doing his best life alert impression as he fell and the Colts did not get up. Baltimore 24, Indy 10. In Atlanta, the Falcons held a lead for the second week in a row. The Broncos didn't have some, late ma some magic late when Drew Locke connected with Ju Jerry Judge Judy for a touchdown. But in, but in the end, the Falcons actually did something right and kept their lead. Someone wanted to send Big Tom Tom Brady down to Hot Man because we already seen this. Atlanta 34, Denver 27. In the City of Angels, where the Chargers had another game decided in the final minutes coming up, just short again, reminiscent of Kevin Hart's day at Six Flags. They had two cracks at it from within five yards, but, but Donald Parham, unlike Lil TJ, could not hold on. Chargers 26, the Raiders 31. In the nation's capital, we saw the return of Alfred Morse. We saw Kyle Allen's anchor go full, Rice Krispies, snap, crackle, pop. But, but not at all serious, I hope he's okay. But the football team isn't in jeopardy quite yet with Alex Trebek-Smith, RIP him, uh, Alex Trebek. But in terms of the game, however, scary Terry McLaurin had his usual great game, but in the end, it was Danny Dimes for the New York football team that were victorious. New York 23, Washington 20. I'm going to do this game in ASMR because it put me to sleep in Tampa Bay, where Tom Brady seems to steadily be falling off that cliff, having one of his worst games as a professional, as Drew Brees had the opposite kind of day, completing passes to 12 different receivers. You can say he hooked up with more guys than a Kardashian after an NBA game. Nola 38, Tampa Bay 3. In Bills Mafia, you saw a scoring attack from both the Seahawks and Bills. There's no longer the Legion of Boom or the 12th man in Seattle this year because they can't stop anyone. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, couldn't hang on to the ball with despising four turnovers while Josh Ray Allen was hitting from everywhere on the field with the four touchdowns. Buffalo 44, Seattle 34. <laughs> yeah, I had to make my debut because um, that game was horrendous. Yeah. We had, yeah, it was it was that horrible. Yeah. Well, let's get to that nice takeaway right there. The Bucks they got throttled by the Saints. Like that was so bad. That was legitimately Tom Brady's worst game as a professional. Like he was throwing it. Like there was passes where nobody was in like twenty yards of where he was throwing the ball, and it was just the cornerbacks that were in a particular zone trying to run down the pass and yeah. it was it was to nobody and he just he looked like Sam Darnold seeing ghosts against him two years ago yeah. it was bad oh, that was brutal it was, bad. That was, it was difficult to watch too and you thought that was gonna be a great game a division rival both kind of top teams in NFC but wow the Saints actually destroyed them yeah the uh the NBC pregame crew all picked the Bucks this uh, game yeah, I saw that. so we're seeing a trend where we saw the whole NFL network crew take the take the, the Titans the yesterday the 
the uh, NBC crew taking the Bucks. I think that happened in another yeah, Sunday night the, game not too long ago. Well, the, the Dolphins game the other day, too. They Everyone took uh, the Cardinals. I oh, think, yeah. And the Dolphins won that. Yeah, it's just it, we're we're seeing more jinxes emerge from, from people that have nothing to do with yeah. the game. So but Speaking of the Dolphins real quick, they're 5-3. and three. Yeah. I'm shocked with that. Yeah, um, I mean... We all we all we all saw something yeah. at the beginning or at the end of last season rather. Um, we all saw something in them, and then yeah. they made some offseason moves where they're like, okay, they might be decent. Um, but their their defense has been phenomenal yeah. for two weeks in a row. They've they've had scores and like impactful plays and setting setting up two on that offense in perfect positions. Which, by the way, I still don't see the two hype though. I I hate to be the one to say it. But he's got to show me a little more than um, a game with zero touchdowns and a game with 97 yards to really give my give my respect to him. They got the Chargers this week, right? Yep, yep. That'll the Chargers against this week. Herbert versus Tua, that would be a good matchup. So we'll see yeah. how he does there. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, – there was somebody, I forget who it was, but they were talking about at the Pat McAfee show who are very prematurely giving Tua the Rookie of the Year award if, really? if they make the playoffs, wow. which – I, could, I mean, I, I can mean, see that, but that's because Herbert and Burrow are both playing very well. Yes, and Chase Claypool, not to mention. Yeah, and Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So, did, Tua's got a long way to go, so don't get too excited. Don't yeah. get too ahead of yourself yeah. yet. That was a nice little thing you did there. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even mean to. Um, but, yeah, this the Week 9 as a whole, though, was insane. Yeah. We had seven games decided in the last three minutes. Seven games. Seven. Wow. The Dallas game, the Vegas game, Miami the Jets, Carolina, uh, the Giants, and the Houston game all were decided wow. within the last three minutes. That's wild. I know. It was it was a lot I was watching Red Zone and I was like Back there were so forth, many yeah. there were so many plays where like I would stop and be like, oh and then like there was just crazy endings going on all yeah. weekend. It was great. It was great football. Yeah, you love that. I got one more thing. The, the Jets might not win a single game this year. Um that was really their one chance. Yeah. That was they they lost that game in only way <laughs> The only way the Jets could lose that game because yeah. uh, Adam Gase, I, I think, legitimately they're trying to throw games. I know a deep shot when you're in a position where you have for, to first to down. chew clock on first down after a scoring possession for the Pats that put yeah. them within one score. You you want to test out Joe Flacco's arm? I completely agree. But I think they're purposely trying to lose. Yeah, that I don't know if they're not throwing games. That is the saddest yeah. thing I've ever first seen. First down, they're gonna throw the, deep. The saddest thing I've ever seen. But oh, God. the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on, though, this year in the NFL makes no sense. Makes no sense. The, there's a lot of good teams with bad losses, that with fraudulent losses. Uh, there's a lot of bad teams that are too competitive and that have really, that are like that specifically designated trap game teams. Yeah. And then there's like so many teams that we flipped on. Like we, we come into every week saying that different teams are fraud, but then eventually we're going to run out of like fraudulent labels. Yeah. And then it's all going to be like mixed together again. It's all going to be jumbled and even, like, it makes no sense. Yeah. In a way, I guess it's good because you don't really know what you're going to expect. But yeah. yeah, some of the good teams that we thought are like they're not good, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there was a lot of teams like even teams that we thought were going to be decent, like like the Vikings for example. Yeah. Like we thought they were going to be decent. They're awful. They, the Texans are awful though. They've won two straight, three and five now. Dalvin Cook is good. The I'm Vikings not, are awful. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook's literally winning them games. That exactly. 100%. Yeah, so it's just this this season is so yeah. weird. The Texans can't win games, but they can beat the, the Jaguars, and those are only two wins this year. Yeah, I 
I don't get it. I don't, I don't know, know what's happened. I don't know what's happened to the NFL. But I, I love it, though. Yeah. I love it, but yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. Week 9 was interesting. Uh, let's go to week 10 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple of our NFL pick'ems this week. We're going to start with the, with the Bills-Cardinals, which should be a very high-scoring game, I think. Yes. Yeah, I'm taking the overall day. The over-under is 53. Car- Cardinals are favored minus one and a half. But I am going Bills You are? Game. Okay. I am. The based off of last week's yeah, performance, it looks though, very good last week. But we have seen two different Bills teams this year on various points of the year. We've seen, we've seen, the Jets. <laughs> yeah, they almost lost to the Jets. We had them getting throttled on on the doubleheader uh, Monday Titans? Night Football against yeah. Titans. But then you had last week where they put up forty against uh, a Seahawks team, a defense that's not good. But like we hadn't seen that offense since yeah. week two, maybe, and like they got off to such a hard, a hot start. So. I I am tentatively taking the Bills just based off of I think that they're going to be the same team they were last week, but the, I very well could be wrong. I'm going to take the Cardinals just because I think their offense is steaming mm-hmm. right now. Uh, another good game matchup, uh, divisional game, the Seahawks-Rams. This will be big for the division. Yeah, the Rams are favored, minus minus one. The over-under is 55.5. Um, I like the Seahawks yeah. here. I like the Seahawks a lot. Um, against the spread... That's that's a high that's a high over for me though for a Rams game, but yeah. the Seahawks have no problem with teams that can't keep up with them offensively. And then Chris Carson is expected to be back in the lineup today, and that's always an added plus because you don't want to have to rely on DJ Dallas yeah. to run the ball against Aaron Donald and the rest of that defense. Right. So yeah, I, I think the Seahawks are going to get this one pretty convincingly. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, another another game got we here uh, Buccaneers Panthers. Uh, I'm gonna take the Buccaneers here. What do you got? I got the Bucks as well. Bucks favored minus six. Over under is 49. I'm gonna take the Bucks with the points, but I will. I ah, give me the over. Me I don't know. Over. Yeah, because McCaffrey's out now, yeah. so that might be a little. There, but the Panthers still have they, found a way to score. They have but, a high point, high powered offense. Yeah, I have to say. So I mean, their skills positions are all phenomenal. Yeah, and Mike Davis, who knows, he might come back and play well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't expect the Bucks to have another week, week like yeah, they had no. last week. Absolutely. If if CMC was playing though, I would definitely. I, this I think would I would, be a toss up. I think I would take the Panthers honestly. Too. I I would be tempted to do the yeah. same. No, absolutely. He looked great last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Sunday night game, uh, I don't know why the Patriots are playing a time again, but the Ravens Patriots. What do you got here? I got the the Ravens. Uh, I wanna I wanna take the the Pats here a little bit. I had I was very tempted to, but I feel like this game is going to be way closer than people realize. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens are favored minus six and a half. I don't know if that's really comfortable for me. I don't know if the over under forty one is comfortable enough for me 40, to take. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know to sway one way or another because those offenses are yeah. still struggling. I think the Ravens, D, the Ravens D is going to win that game. Right yeah, there. and that was that was my point. Was like I I don't think the Pats offense has enough weapons to duel with that defense. Yeah. All of what's the name? Uh, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, he went off last week. Yeah, he I, was like twelve catches for one hundred sixty eight yards. Yeah, as much as I want to be in the the Cam Newton hype train. On after that game, it's Jets. Yeah. So like I, between him and Jacoby Myers, yeah. they had games. They Sorry had to give really, a props, yeah. yeah. Like I want to, I want to jump in that hype train. I want to. I'm so tempted to press that button, but like I, yeah. I can't do it because it's the it's, it's the Jets. Jets. If it was anybody else but the Jets, I would be all over yeah, it. But not yet, not yet. Yeah. maybe after something. Yeah, wait on it. And then the last game of the week, uh, the Monday night game, uh, Bears Vikings. We got a lot of divisional games, but uh, what do you got here? Yeah, the lines are really weird this week. The Minnesota's favored minus two and a half. The over under is forty five. I'm gonna take the under here. Okay. Um, and give me the Bears. The Vikings are coming off two straight games with horrendously soft defensive units, which is why they had so much success because Dallin Cook just ran wild. Yeah. Um, but the Chicago defense is a different animal yeah. and is going to come down to QB play. And weirdly enough. 
I trust Nick Foles to win me yeah. a game before Kirk Cousins. So I think I would take Nick Foles as well, but I'm going to take the Vikings. I think they're going to keep riding Dalvin Cook. He has been unstoppable, and I think they're going to keep riding him, and Kirk Cousins might make good enough amount of plays for them to win that game. Because the Bears' offense has not been looking great. You are very high on riding Dalvin Cook for some reason. He's got a great name, right? Dalvin Cook. I used him like three times in my two-minute drill. And riding specifically. Yeah. Remember we had the little moment last week where we had to we had to oh, yeah, we yeah, had to yeah, yeah. we, we had to get a thirty second. I forgot about that. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. That was, that was a little sus last time. I remember that. It was sus this time uh, too. Against the spreads, uh, I got the Seahawks in mind. Uh, we said because the Rams were favored in that game. Which yes. We thought. Well, I thought I know personally was surprised because the Seahawks are the Seahawks. Yeah. No. There's a lot of weird lines this yeah. week. Um. Yeah. Dude, was that your? And then my so my part of that we go with the Seahawks. The Dolphins charges over. I think both rookie quarterbacks are going to have a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to take the over there. I said the Seahawks. And then the Cardinals-Bills over as well. Uh, again, high, you got two high-powered offenses, two great quarterbacks. So I'm going to take the over in that as well for my three kind of parlay picks of the week. Okay. Um, my against the spread pick of the week uh, it might come as a little bit of a surprise, but the Bengals. Okay. I have the Bengals, um, I have the Bengals uh, against the Steelers here. They've covered every game this year with the exception of two, and when they lose, they don't lose against the spread. Uh, they're coming off a big Titans win, and um, Steelers are coming off a bad Cowboys game. And then my parlay, I have the Seahawks plus one, the Raiders minus four, and the over in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game. I think those are all pretty pretty safe to take this week. Yeah, the over... the matchup. Okay, this, the, I, was, I don't know about the over in the Cincy game because the Steelers' defense is tough with... Uh... I don't know what Halbero is gonna handle that. Yeah, um, I, I think I, that's why I picked them against the spread this week is because I think they're coming off a game where they are their confidence has been boosted, their morale is kind of back underneath them, and I think Joe Burrow has played well to the point where they can compete with a team like this, especially having Pittsburgh struggle last week as well. So yeah, that is true. Pittsburgh almost lost to the freaking Cowboys. That, Garrett Gilbert, exactly. who actually I was a big fan of though watching. He actually didn't look terrible. No, yeah, he he looked better than anything else they've put out there since Dak went down. So yeah, because he had because he's like their fifth string. Yeah, Danucci's career is done, hundred percent. Which is so unfortunate. I, I love the say his he, name again. Danucci, <laughs> tremendous, slinging it more than Robinson Cano out yeah. there. Oh god, he's a mob boss. But then also like Cooper Rush, he didn't even get a chance. They had a fifth string quarterback going out there and competing against. Probably the best defense in the league. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do starting this week because I would think Garrett Gilbert would still have that I job. think he would. Well, I think – are they on a bye this week? No, no, no. I think they're still back. No, they play this week, don't they? I don't even think we have them. No, I think they do have a bye. Yeah. So then Dahl might be back next week. Oh, that's... All right. So for my sports politics segment, uh, I'm going to talk about a kind of a big big news uh, story right here is the story of Kim Ng. Uh she was hired as the GM of the Miami Marlins, and this is huge because she was the first woman in kind of the four major professional sports leagues uh, to be promoted to the GM. Um, big barrier that was broken down here. Uh, big props to the Marlins for kind of delivering this. Uh, I mean, it was, this was pretty much Derek Jeter and the rest of them guys. And also another cool thing about the Miami Marlins is their two kind of highest ranking officials are both women. And that's, that's pretty damn impressive right there. The other, the other uh, female is Carolyn O'Connor. Uh, she's the chief operating officer. And now Kim Ung, who is the GM. She's been had a load of experience, I think, with the uh, uh, Yankees and Dodgers, I believe. So she's kind of been used to this. She's 
I mean, she, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the moves she can make, and this is a big day in kind of the American sports industry, per se. Yeah, no, that not not to mention that like not only is this the first woman in the MLB, but I think this is the first woman ever, ever to have yeah. such a such a position like yeah. this. Yeah, I don't know about like soccer or anything like that, but I think for like the but like, four NHL, major sports, yeah. NBA, NFL, and MLB, it's no without a doubt. Yes, the first thing. Mm-hmm. That's 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 yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I I didn't know that she worked in with the Yankees. Is probably where the Derek Jeter connect came yeah. into play. I think they won. She was. I think I saw that she has like three World Series. So I think I forget where I saw that, but it might have been it must have been the early two thousands when Jeter was was kind of in the prime of his career. Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. That's a that's a this is a, a new day for women looking yeah. for sports management. No, you're absolutely positions. gonna I think you're gonna see a lot of changes after this. And I think it's good to see kind of the younger generation of, of women see that like wow, like I can do that. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So hopefully that paves the way for, for more women like him yeah, to do, to pursue positions. Yeah. Such as I hope she does very well in that position. Me too. So props to her. Yeah. Wish all the best. Um, for my sports politics this week, um, ESPN. This past week, ESPN laid off more than 300 different employees. And this is the second time making such a move in three years, going back to 2017, where they let go of 250 different employees at this time, uh, this is where you kind of saw like the the Fox Sports kind of layout where Skip Bayless, Marcellus Wiley, uh, Mark Slayer, names like that left. So, um, and I don't know, I'm not sure if this move for ESPN really speaks more of the pandemic, ESPN's direction that they're trying to go in with ESPN Plus, or just the nature of the business. But for most people I know, the ESPN positions that they held was their dream job. The job that they seemingly got their degree for, the job that they probably spent eight plus years of their lives pursuing, and they were kicked to the curb as if none of it mattered at all. And uh, I, it just seems it seems unjust. It seems flat out wrong. And on the surface, that comes off as the ESPN doesn't care about its workers. And it, it may not be true, but it sends a bad message. Um, this bad message was certainly received by the remaining workers at ESPN, as they seem just as displeased and heartbroken over it as the people that were um as the people that were let go were. Uh, Sports Center anchor Scott Van Pelt, Neil Everett, uh, Around the Horn host Tony Raleigh, all were seen expressing really displeasure throughout the week with it, giving shout outs to each individual worker that got fired or workers that they knew personally throughout the throughout the sports week. And um, it's an unfortunate nature of the business, um, like I said, and if you have if you have a chance to go watch those clips of Tony Raleigh and Scott Van Pelt, you should absolutely do so. Um, but as seen throughout so many sports, teammates are considered family, and the principle serves the same for people that form the the team that covers the sport. So, but hey, it's all the business for uh, it's all business for people running the show, right? It's just a business. Um, get well soon, guys. We hope you bounce back better than ever and really show them your your work. It should be desired and should be missed. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's that's uh, an insane amount of people to just let go of all at once. All at once, yeah. yeah. Not even sporadically all at once. Yeah, it's it's sad to see because, like I said, that, like I know me personally, like I want to pursue a career at yeah. ESPN. Like that's something that I want to strive towards, and I'm gonna work as much as possible to go forward with it. But if I'm that expendable, how much time do I really want to put into that? Like, it's it's really. It's not. It's not okay to see from like a consumer point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many employees do they have? They're gonna let go of that many at once, right? Yeah, I. I'm not sure. I'm not. I That's gotta. Wild. Yeah, it's and for them to do that sort of move for the two times in three years. Yeah. I. Right. Yeah. That's not. Well, that doesn't the first sit time, right with me. Was the first time around like 
250, 300 guys? Yeah, uh, it was around 250. It wow. was Yeah. It, it was a little lesser to a, gr- to a degree, but right. this was over 300. So it's... Yeah. I, I feel for the people that were let go this week. And yeah. uh, like I said, I hope you guys bounce back and come back better than ever. Absolutely. Uh, so segueing right into our uh, fantasy football segment after the sports politics, uh, but like we do uh, for stars for this segment, we compare our last week's laps. My, my team was pretty good. How about yours? Uh, I think we had a shootout this okay. week. My, my team did pretty well. I, all, my, all my projections kind of hit the mark. All right. What was your, what was your score? Uh, 209. Ah, I got you beat. What? 228. My team was very good last week. I know I had, let's see, what, I had Mahomes and Kyler Murray okay. off the bat. I had yeah. Dalvin Cook. I had Kamara. Kamara only had 15 points for me. I think I had Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. and I had Alan Robinson. It was okay. But my top guys were, were Murray, Cook, and Mahomes. Gave me 30-plus each. Yeah. My my top were uh, – I know Dalvin was in there, obviously. Yeah. I think Terry McLaurin was part of that mix. Um, both my quarterbacks did well in Roethlisberger right, and Cam. Right. Um, but, damn, I guess not good enough. Yeah. I thought I thought I was going to get back to 500 this week, oh, yeah. but because I, I think know, anytime 209 hits right. in fantasy, yeah, you should win. So I got I got two two game jump on you. Let's go. Yeah, damn. We'll take, we'll take that. Unfortunate. <laughs> uh, so there we go for that, and then we're going to go into this week. So our two top performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start off. I'm going with my boy, like I usually always do every week, is Devonta Adams. He I freaking love this man. He is unbelievable. He gets. 25 plus points, fantasy points a game. He's double digit points, or double digit receptions usually, 100 plus yards, and he's a guaranteed touchdown. And Rodgers absolutely loves this man, and I love him too. So I'm going to go with Devontae Adams, my first guy, and then I'm going to stick with Kyle Murray because why wouldn't I? He's been an animal for me in this segment, but also in my own fantasy league. Uh, he's a fantasy machine between passing and running. So Devontae Adams, Kyle Murray, my two top performers for this week. I will say I also have Devontae this week. Um, that matchup just kind of serves yeah. as, a, as a hole in the wall there. The double-digit targets. I and can't even name you a Jaguars cornerback right now. Could neither could I. Yeah. Not, a, not a notable one, at yeah. least. Like, I can name more players on, like, the, the Falcons. That, yeah. Like, I can name, what's it, AJ Terrell? I yeah, AJ Terrell. Um, that's really all yeah. I got. Um, but, yeah, double-digit targets in four straight games since returning from injury and in five out of the six games played this year. And as we've seen with the Niners game and the Houston game, Roger seems to look for him first on every single <laughs> pass play that they draw up. Yeah. No, I watch every game and it's he drops back. If, if, if he's not even, like, remotely open, he'll, he's going he's to throw to him every time. But yeah. if he's, like, double teams, he's going somewhere else. But right. definitely, like you said, his first look. Yeah, this is his first look every time. And he's second in receiving tight ends among wide receivers and eighth in yards even after missing time. So I, I think that matchup is going to prove to be uh, a very pivotal point in fantasy this yep. week. Um, and then my second name, I think you're going to have a bigger reaction than when I told you Justin Herbert is, was my top performer that one week. I got Alex Smith. <laughs> oh my god I mean I love the man because he's coming back from injury but your top performer wow yes. versus Detroit the setup for this is amazing his first start since the knee injury because he had both times that he's come out this he's season he good. wasn't starting right. Detroit has given up th- uh, 350 plus yards of total offense to offenses led by Matt Ryan Mitch Trubisky Phil Rivers and Kirk Cousins and that's those games officially make, make them the 32nd ranked defense through week 9 
So that's worse than Dallas. That's worse than Minnesota. That's worse than Atlanta. So the the setup there is is in the stars. And plus, Smith just threw for. 325 yards and three quarters against the Giants team, who took the Bucks to the wire. Yeah. They defended the Bucks team pretty well. So, I mean, he did throw two late interceptions that were questionable throws. Yeah. But until that point, he was doing amazing. He, was, he looked like practically, I don't want to say his old self, but he looked like shades of his old self. Okay. Um, so I respect it, but I, I wouldn't say necessarily top performer. But, I mean, I would love I, to see it because I would love to see him succeed. I, it's written in the stars, man, yeah. I'm telling you. Um, and he he's gonna have all day to throw yeah. because the the yeah, Lions no, defense has no five pass. sacks on the season. Yeah, let's see, I can't name I can't name a pass rusher on them. Yeah, so I I got Alex Smith as my second top performer this week. I like just it. on the story. I like it. I like it. Uh, going into our lineups now, uh, my two quarterbacks. So I talked about Kyler Murray. Gonna stick with another trend and go with my boy Aaron Rodgers. There's really no need to describe this. I pick kind of I'm kind of more biased, I would say than. For, for in terms of the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is about to have most likely on my list every week but I don't really care because they're amazing fantasy players so Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers my two quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, my two quarterbacks so Alex Smith obviously I just mentioned um, my second quarterback is Drew Brees Okay. Uh, for San Francisco, uh, he's got a depleted defense on the other side of the ball. He's completing 78% of his passes this month, and he's got his favorite target back. Yeah. Uh, Mike Thomas obviously wasn't as mixed in last week just because he's trying to work his way right. back. It's going to be limited participation, this and that. Um, but he's going to uh, he's third in the league in QBR, and he's coming off a huge win. So I think that Saints offense is going to look to still be rolling, and I think fantasy-wise, Drew Brees is going yeah. to hit the mark. No, can't go wrong with a Hall of Fame guy like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to receive, uh, running backs, uh, I'm going to stick with Dalvin Cook. I mean, I'm not going to say what – I'm not going to say that – I'm going to rot – actually, that's sus. So I'm just saying <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Uh, I mean, last two games, he had four touchdowns against the Packers, and then he had 200-plus yards last week. Dalvin Cook's my number one running back. And my second guy is a, is a guy is, is in James Robinson, who has been a surprise all year this year. Uh, but he's going against the Packers, who can't really stop the run at all. Yeah. Uh, Soft. So, so I ex- expect a, a good game from James Robinson, who I liked last week. I saw him run, and he runs hard. Mm-hmm. So I expect a big game from, from James Robinson. Yeah. Um, my two running backs, uh, I'm going to start off in Vegas, where they have Josh Jacobs. I like him. Uh, he's got uh, Denver this week, who allows 20 points uh, per game to opposing backs. Um, the Raiders are hot, and Jacobs is the biggest threat in that offense. And just two weeks ago, he had 31 touches. This, yeah. And I think this is going to serve probably as a trend for this game as well. And then um, my second uh, back, who has been the top fantasy running back this year, I'm not going to call him the top running back because he is not really leading in any major categories. But as far as fantasy concerns and PPR is concerned, he's been amazing. But Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Uh, he's always reliable this year. He would, will take advantage of the lack of players on the defensive side of the ball for the Niners, and he's been an active target in the passing game all year. Yeah, he's, so. no, he's literally he's a, he's a receiver and a running back. Like he's mm-hmm. he's an animal in fantasy. Yep, in fantasy. I wish he ran the ball a little more. Yeah, like, that's what he gets paid to do. But I mean, I they're finding more success through the air just because they're they're they just n- dump it down. Drew, yeah, Drew yeah. Brees isn't throwing the ball more than twenty yards in the air at yeah. a time. So I mean, it's. It's basically yeah. a secondary running game. Yeah, and it's working for him, so mm-hmm. you're not going to shy away from that. Uh, going to receivers, uh, our three receivers of the week. I talked about Devonta Adams. 
My second guy who's another is our freak of nature is DK Metcalf. We he's kind of one of our fan favorites in the show, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on Max's fantasy team in real life. Mm-hmm. I also have him in one of my leagues, but he's a freak of nature. He's like a little freaking Megatron almost. Uh, he's an animal. Russell Wilson loves him. Uh, they're going against the Bills, which is going to be a high-scoring uh, game like we talked about. And then my third receiver uh, is Michael Thomas. When he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game. Uh, one game under his belt after injury. Uh, I didn't expect a big game last week because he was just, like you said, getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing the Niners, who, again, there's just injury-prone all over the field. Uh, and I, So I think Michael Thomas is going to get back on track with, with Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, my three receivers this week, um, obviously I mentioned Devontae. Um, my second guy uh, for a third time this year in my lineup, okay. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Uh, only only proven skills position player on uh, on the football team. <laughs> yeah. And against the 30th second ranked D, he's the most unre- underrated receiver in the league. Absolutely. I, would say. Agree with that. I don't think he's recognized nearly as enough uh, enough for the amount of things that he brings to the table for yeah. that offense. Um. Yeah. And like I said, 30 second ranked defense. Alex Smith, I think, is going to have a day. And if Alex Smith is going to have a day. Terry McLaurin's going to have a day with him. Um, and then my my third guy, um, who we haven't really heard a lot from this year, but last week he had a season high in targets. I want to say for for receivers, but I could be wrong, but it's definitely up there. Cooper Cup. Okay. Uh, versus Seattle. He had 20 targets last week with Dude, a, really? against a team with a solid secondary. In, wow, um, 20 targets. Yeah, 20. I did not know that. So he... He had, um, yeah, with a solid secondary, I would imagine that it would be more of a theme against a team like Seattle, who struggles mightily in the secondary. And uh, last year, against this very similar secondary, he was targeted 17 times and racked up uh, third season high and 107 receiving yards with Jared Goff, who was awful down the stretch last season because this was week 12 that he did this. So. I, I would expect more of the same yeah. uh, in trending in well, the Rams, Yeah, the Rams love the throw, and they usually feed Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if that came to fruition at all. Mm-hmm. Real quick before we get to tight ends, you yeah. mentioned DK Metcalf. Who was was it the Niner? Was it Jason Verrett that bounced off him when he came oh in on a blindsided God. hit, and he bounced back, and DK didn't move? Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know if it was him, but that was one of the – It seen was somebody some with long plays. dreads in a red jersey. Yeah, he has seen some... Like, that guy tried to blindside DK Metcalf, and DK Metcalf... Didn't move. Abused this guy. Didn't move. I, I'm surprised we haven't seen more, like, Sean Oakman-esque um, yeah. memes from DK Metcalf. Right. I mean, we have, but not nearly to the degree that... I don't know if that speaks more of, like, 2012 or what, but... Right. that, that, that Sean Oakman? Yeah, <laughs> Sean Oakman was across that every... That scary. <laughs> ah, I'm so, I'm so upset. Where is he, yeah. um, he, he was, like, 6'8". Uh, dark story here. Uh, okay. A girl in college kind of ruined his career with a oh, fake rape allegation. Okay. Yeah, and he he was in prison, but he wasn't. Uh, they that. she yeah. took back the the or she like laid off of the allegation and said it wasn't true. But uh, that was a yeah, so years, like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. It ruined his career, and uh, we haven't seen him. Since. I remember so, that. Was he like a defensive end or something? He was a running back. Shut up. I'm pretty sure he was. No running way, back. he was running back. Baylor. I'm 90% sure he's no, running back. Six, he was I, like 6'8". Was he that big? I, I don't think he was tall. I think he was just yoked. Oh, I thought he was like 6'8". He might have been like 6'4 then. Well, we'll Google it. I, and think, I think it was like a defensive end. But yeah. I'm gonna, while you Google that, I'll go into my tight yeah. ends. Um, my tight ends, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I had him last week. He's, Stafford loves him. I hope he's going to play. He's, he got injured last game. But uh, Chase Daniel threw the ball with him very well. So TJ Hawkinson against the football team. 
And then my second tight end is Darren Waller, who's pretty much been the second best tight end all year behind Travis Kelsey. Waller's playing the Broncos, and Derek Carr loves him, so I think Waller's going to have a great game. What we got? Uh, defensive end. Defensive yeah. end, yeah. I, was, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Why where did you go? Yeah, I don't know where. I, I, I was, like, pretty confident in that, too. Yeah. I don't know where I saw it, but I thought I did. But no whatever. way that man is a running back. Whatever. Whatever. I was wrong. I'll admit it. I <laughs> I will not say that I'm not one to to deny that I was wrong. So six okay. nine two eighty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. And there's not room for an NFL roster there. Six I, the, nine two eighty. Uh, that woman should be arrested for ruining a multi-million dollar career. Right. That woman should be arrested. Um. Anywho. We have a picture. Where's yeah. The me, the classic meme yeah. picture. Um. But yeah, anywho, segueing back to the tight ends, we have gotten off track the last two yeah. weeks during fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is two weeks in a row that Just we've go gone. Flow, yeah, right. we have flown way off the radar, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, so my two tight ends, finally. Um, my first one, Evan Ingram, uh, versus Philly, Philly this week, uh, who is a ranked 30, 30th among um, restricting opposing tight ends. And uh, opposing tight ends are averaging 16.5 points per game against them, which if you play fantasy enough, you know that that is very hard to come by against a tight end. So for that to be an average uh, like an average against a team like that, I would definitely have him on your radar. And plus he's had uh, at least five receptions in the last three games. So And if those, um, those games, six out of the five games... He either has three receptions or a touchdown. I mean, six out of the five games. Yes, he either has three make- three plus receptions or a touchdown. So it's one of the two. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, Jimmy Graham is my second tight end. Um, he's uh, versus Minnesota. Speaking of teams that can't handle opposing tight ends, they allow thirteen point seven points per game to him. And Foles was ever since Foles was entered, inserted at starter, Graham has either had a TD or four receptions in every game that he's been in. I think Foles does like him. Yeah, so I, I and he put up seventeen and a half points for me last yeah. week. So he's always good for a touchdown every now and then. Yeah, he's kind of have a he's he's having a resurgence of a year. Yeah, absolutely. A, a very under the radar yeah. resurgence, but he's having a good year. Yeah, no, I agree. I wish he did that with the Packers, but he well, didn't do that for the was, Packers or Seattle. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah. He has been good since the Saints, really. No, nope. Yeah. And he was like he was Gronk esque. Oh like God, he was, him and Gronk were like right yeah. like this. Jimmy Graham was a freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for our last right here, our kicker and defense, I'm going with – I couldn't go with my boy this week. Uh, oh, he's on a bye. Hoku, he's on a bye. So I'm with Jason Sanders against the Chargers, the Miami kicker, and then the Ravens D against the Patriots. Uh, those are my, my two kicker – my kicker and defense. Uh, my defense this week, and I hate doing this, but uh, Nick Mullins is starting. So yeah. I got the Saints. Um, Saints deep. Their run defense is very good. Their run defense is pretty good. Um, I'm interested to see if Brandon Ayuk and CJ Gardner Johnson duke it out because everyone seems to want to fight CJ Gardner Johnson, <laughs> and I see why. Um, and yeah, he's just like I said, Nick Mullins is starting, so it's pretty self-explanatory why you throw them in your lineup. And then uh, finally, uh, my kicker this week, I finally get to throw him in there. I've been trying to throw him in there for three weeks. John Brown. Um, I didn't think I'd be able to use him this year because the one time he played, I didn't know about him, and then I heard the story, and I was like, oh, I want to put him in my fantasy lineup, but then Josh Lambeau came back. But now he's out for the year. Josh Lambeau is. Josh Lambeau's out for the year, and that's the exact reason that he was kept on the practice squad. So your soccer player, buddy, is going to be out there kicking footballs again. 
So wow. I'm very excited to see that. That's an awesome story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so those are for our lineups. Now our boom and bust. And my first boom is going to kind of piggyback you. Is Alex Smith. I was I thought I was high on him this week, but obviously not as high as you. Uh, but Alex Smith against the Lions. Uh, pretty much all the reasons you said, and just I'd love to see it. So I was kind of high on Alex Smith uh, against a not very good Lions defense and a legit receiver in Terry McGuire. Yep. Uh, and then my second boom is uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, David Johnson's out with concussion mm-hmm. that, was, that came out today. Uh, but Duke Johnson is kind of a dual threat guy. Good game last week filling in for David Johnson. But they're playing the Browns, but I think David Johnson's going to have a good uh, – he's going to be good in the passing and receiving game. So I expect a, a, a very good game – a good game from Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. See, I wanted to put Duke Johnson in my booms, but I have a very hard time, even though he is in my actual starting lineup this week, but that's because <laughs> Christian McCaffrey and Joe, and Joe Mixon are yeah. down. Which is tough. Tears, out of tears. out of yeah, that tragedy. I, and only me, only me would have would have Julio Jones, Tyreek on a bye, and then my two running backs be up. Only me. But yeah, I I'm not very confident in him running the ball. Yeah. Just because he's he's he's, uh, he's like a Dion Lewis guy where he's only gonna get you receptions out of the backfield. So if you have to rely on him to run, especially on that Texans team, I'm yeah. not really that. I don't feel that great about it. But I I'm gonna go for it in real fantasy. But my booms um. You talked about him a little bit in your lineup. I got Mike Thomas. Yep. Uh, a great game to get him back incorporated with the swing of the offense with the Niners not having really much of anybody left there. Um, and nobody that's that's in the lineup that's healthy can guard Mike. Yeah. So I think you're going to see a pretty solid day out of Mike Thomas, reminiscent of his Offensive Player of the Year outing last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second boom is um, on the other side of the field this week, for the 49ers, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he, I actually had him as a bust two weeks ago, um, but Mullins is going to force Kyle Shanahan to really rely on the ground game, and Coleman is still out, or he's out again, and um, Mostert's still out, and Jamichael Hasty isn't as good for them as they thought he would be. So Jarek McKinnon kind of serves as that only reliable piece of the running game. So he's going to be active in the passing game, on the ground game, and that's really going to be the... the or attempt to be the 49ers saving grace in this game. I like it. Uh, moving on to bus, my first bus of the week uh, is Mike <coughs> Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's filling in for McCaffrey, but of late, like the last two games, I think he started, he wasn't wasn't very good. Uh, I know the first like three games, he was like the best running back in the freaking league. Yeah, uh, and then he kind of slowed down, and then McCaffrey came back. He didn't really play at all. And now he's going to be back in the starting lineup, but they're playing the Bucks defense, who's, I think, going to get back on track after getting destroyed by the Saints. I think it's all it's all stacked against Mike Davis, even though he's back starting. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really high on him, as probably I think other people are going to be high on him because he's going to be starting. Yeah, I, I think I, I have a take here. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to, I think he's taken one for the team because he didn't want to be the guy to take touches away from Christian McCaffrey. I don't, mm-hmm. I, would, I wouldn't really want to be the guy to take touches right. away from Christian McCaffrey. He's your best player. Yeah. So, I mean, the Colt might be a cold take, but Mike Davis might have might have put the tryhard meter a little more down there. <laughs> Interesting. In the in the last couple of weeks, but this week, I mean, he's he's set up because Christian McCaffrey isn't set to come back. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't. He wasn't really that productive, and he'll yeah. probably look to to stay on the low key list. Yeah. <laughs> and then my second one is uh, another kind of good guy is Chris Godwin. I'm not really high on the Buccaneers just because they have so many mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. I think 
I think I should think Antonio Brown's gonna have a nice game. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna. He got back in the mold last week. Not even a terrible game, even though they got destroyed. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him for getting hype on uh, catching a first down in a <laughs> thirty to nothing game. Yeah. By the way, I'm glad to see that he still has a little spirit in there. <laughs> or, or CTE. <laughs> One of the two. Uh, but Chris Goddard, there's too many guys there. He hasn't even been having a great year. Him and Mike Evans have been kind of yeah. Chris not, Godwin hasn't been able to stay in the lineup. Yeah, he's been hurt. Mike Evans catches a touchdown, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Gronk has been good the last couple of days, mm-hmm. but I, like I said, I think Antonio Brown's having a very nice game uh, this week. Yeah, so that's my two busts. Uh, my two busts of the week. Uh, I just talked about Joe Mixon a little bit. So his successor, Gio Bernard is my first bust. Uh, He has been the main back since Mixon went down, but he has a tough matchup against the Steelers this week, who are the best defense in the league against the run and arguably the best overall in the league. So I I don't see a guy... He's a lot like Duke Johnson as well, where he's used more in the the passing game. He can't really run in between the guards and tackles. But, um, yeah, I don't think that that's really going to set him up for success facing a Steelers defense at his kind of stature. Um, and then my second bust, Devin Singletary. Uh, Devin Singletary has been flat out <laughs> disappointing. Would be an understatement. Yeah. Um, and the Bills have yet to perform on offense in spite of him. And I didn't even know this happened last week. I don't know if he got hurt. I totally missed this. I actually watched this game too. But he had two rushing attempts last week against Seattle for a whopping one yard. And they put up the Bills put up forty four points that game. So, I mean... Wait, that's all he had? Two rushes? Or? He had two rushes for one yard the entire game. Jesus. Yeah. So, I don't think that Devin Singletary is going to be an active participant in that yeah. offense anymore. He's going to take a backseat role like what you've seen with Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis yeah. for whatever reason. Um, but this this certainly has a reason behind it because Devin Singletary has not been good yeah. all year. And they just throw the ball now, the Bills. Yeah. I mean, they, they have to. They, they don't, don't have a running game. Josh Allen's honestly the leading rusher. Yeah, I, I mean, rightfully so. De- like Devin Singletary hasn't done anything. Zadius Moss can't do anything but run it in for three yards in the goal line. Yeah, um, yeah I they needed Le'Veon Bell really bad. Yeah, I would like to see. That. Yeah, that would have been a lot better for him because he's been non-existent since he got the Kansas City. Yeah, he. I, I just I dropped think, him this week. I didn't think he did anything last week, right? No, he had one point three points. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he, him and Devin Singletary had similar, similar numbers, and right. he still beat out, beat out Singletary. Yeah. So, Damn. yikes. Yikes. So, yeah. That, those are my two busts of the week, and that kind of caps off our fantasy segment. Yeah. Um, and then as we follow up the fantasy segment with every week, we have two hot takes this week. Yep. Um, I'll kick it off. Uh, so we, talk, we started off the beginning of the show talking about the Rockets situation, what's going down over there. Okay. Russ and Harden aren't going anywhere. Okay. Interesting. Um, it... Like I said before, it seems to be completely overblown by the media, and they're just flat out expressing concerns because when you don't have a center and don't have a GM, I would be concerned too as faces of a franchise. And um, they're only their their second year in with each other since the Oklahoma City days. They get along just fine, so I think that they're going to have to test out um, test it out at least at the start of the season and. Um, if they are moved or if Russ is moved, it's going to be more of a deadline deal, in my opinion, because that would really make more sense and not like, especially bring in a new coach and you yeah. want to see what he has to bring to the table as far as what they have to offer. Um, they, you want to see what they do in the draft, yeah. like a lot of moving parts. Yeah, there's yeah, so there's a lot of what ifs in Houston right now, and I don't think that adding to that would really solve any problems over there. 
I, yeah, I don't think Harden's going anywhere if, if someone was to be Russ. But like you said, yeah, I mean, they're still really good friends. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if maybe, like, that was a false report that, like, that came out. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It, like, from the reports that I read, the main thing was that they were expressing concern. Yeah, and, then, happy, yeah. and then the media kind of ran with it, and they were like, oh, they want out. They don't want to play with each other anymore. Stephen A. Smith said that Harden and Russ flat out don't want to play with each other anymore, which I don't believe for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just I think that was basically overthrown by, by the media. And, like... Like I said, if you have no center, you have no GM, and you have two players that want to win a championship, obviously there's going to be concerns. Right. So, I yeah. don't think they're going anywhere. And then, um, are we going 1-1? One, one? Uh, yeah, I'll do mine. Okay. Uh, stick with the NBA uh, trend. I'm going to go with the Knicks. I'm going to get a star. Whether that be Westbrook, or whether that be training up for the little ball. I think the little ball is more likely to happen. I just think the Knicks need someone. Mm-hmm. They They... They have gone so many years. They talked last year with getting KD, Kyrie, and Zion. They got no one. The year before, it was probably LeBron or something. They Every year, they're like, New York, we're going to get someone. We're going to get someone. No. I think they're going to get they're gonna get some sort of – or whether that be like Oladipo for some reason. They're going to get a proven guy or a very like potential guy in the mobile ball, who I would personally like to see because the mobile ball, it would be good in New York. He's He's been on – he's been on – Spotlight since his freshman in high school. So I think the Knicks get a legit player for next season. See, you talk about the Knicks a lot. I shy away from them because I, I deep down know that as an, as if I was an NBA player, I would want nothing to do with anything that James Dolan is, has to do yeah, with. Yeah. Like, so has I, was NBA, I would say, you know what? I want to turn that franchise around. That's why that would be my motto. But then you still have to deal with the circus show that James yeah. Dolan brings, and like as a player, like your boss is like, there's you reach a certain breaking point, and you can <laughs> you can leave at any time because yeah. like if you're not if you're not happy there, like you can just request a trade, and in right. the NBA you get traded anywhere if you get request a trade, and you could win anywhere yeah. in the NBA. So I mean, I'm just saying I'm glad I'm not a Knicks fan. Yeah, but I, I just want to see them be relevant again. Yeah, Knicks and Cowboys fans are just. I don't even know what to compare them to, but they are they are slowly, slowly, slowly dying a slow death. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say the necessarily the Cowboys, because at least they still have hope with with Dak coming back next year, and their offense is still good. The Knicks have zero hope. Yeah. Until they get until the draft happens, we'll see what they do in the draft. Yeah. I'm gonna counter that though, because <laughs> every year the Cowboys say they have hope and that there's hope to be had there, and then they're eight and eight. Well, I guess yeah. Hope, hope in their division because they'll win the division pretty much yeah. every year. Yeah, but they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, our our high school team could yeah. compete in that. <laughs> so that's not really saying much. Yeah. But I, I I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I got you. Um, so my second hot take of the week: Des Bryant needs to be utilized I, in the Ravens' offense in order for the Ravens to overcome their offensive yeah, struggles. Yeah, well, he didn't even do anything last week, right? No. No, he got called up. Yeah. He got called up from the practice squad, which should have been a given, by right. the way. Um, they, they, need a, they need a spark. Yes, they need somebody in that offense that does something besides Lamar Jackson. Because yeah. even Lamar Jackson is not doing much at and this even point. Even Hollywood Brown hasn't been doing anything. Yeah. Mark they, Andrews has been slowing down too. Yeah, their their offensive production has been just teetering on just like barely getting by. Yeah. And Des Bryant is, is a guy with an eccentric personality, a guy that brings a lot of fire to the, yeah. the table. And I think if they, they utilize his talents... That offense can get turned around again. So if if they don't do that, you're gonna see the same old Ravens, and you're not gonna see them have any success outside of the regular season 
or any success against good teams yeah. for that matter because all the teams that they've beaten have been terrible. Yeah. So. I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. I don't see them Unless doing. Unless something changes. Yes. I, I think Des Bryant is kind of going to be their saving grace. If they use him, if they don't use him, it, their season's it's, done. Their gonna, season's flatlined. The they're going to have to rely on their defense, and their defense is not going to. They need Lamar to freaking play like Lamar last year. Exactly. And then my second one, I talked about this earlier in the show, but the Jets, they're going to go on 16. <laughs> like you said, that was their chance last week. They had a, they they were very – they should have won that game. Well, I'll say is that. Mm-hmm. They literally – I don't know what Joe – I don't know what Adam Gase was telling Joe Flacco to do on that first down. But, like, their schedule does not really favor – like, they have still have – it's just not good. They're, they're – only hope was the Pats, and they see yeah. them again in Week 16, I think. Yeah. But but like, there's nothing like I look at the games like they're not gonna win that, they're not gonna win this. They're gonna have gone on 16. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't. And for them, that, that might be a, that might be great for for the Jets fan. They might say, let's go. Yeah. But, but, uh, if you go on 16 as a fan base, I would not. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the type of talent that Trevor Lawrence is gonna bring to yeah. the table in the draft. I'm staying in school if yeah. I'm if I'm Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, but even even if like they would probably go after like Justin Fields, they're, they're going to take a quarterback. I think no matter what. Yes. <laughs> it's just, yes, they got to get some transcendent oh, what's guy. Uh, Trey Trey Lance. That's Trey Lance and yeah. BYU. I forget his name. Yeah. No, um, Trey Lance is the North Dakota State guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was somebody in BYU, BYU guy. guy that's good. Can't remember his name. Um, white guy. Definitely yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, because yeah, BYU. BYU. Um. But yeah. Yeah. But I think the, it would be one of those three guys in Lawrence Fields or, or the Trey Lance kid, who I haven't really seen about, but I've just heard. Good yeah, things. yeah. I nobody really sees anything from North. Yeah. Well, maybe the could like, be like a Carson Wentz type guy. Yeah, I mean, you can only hope at that point. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Uh, we will see our debate now. Embrace the debate. That does it for the hot takes. Our embrace the debate. Uh, we're gonna go back to a little NFL. And our NFL midseason awards. Yep, we have reached, or we're a little past the halfway yeah, point now. Last week kind of was the the halfway point, yep. um, but we we had some other things to uh, to touch on last week. But this week we are getting to our MVP or our our midseason awards for the NFL. Yep, you want to explain what awards? Uh, yeah, so we got uh, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Offensive Rookie, and Defensive Rookie. Yep. You uh, want you want to start? What guard you start? Um. We'll, we'll go coach start. Okay. So my coach of the year, I think this one, I think this one's pretty easy. Yep. I would say Mike Tomlin. Yep. Um, he's developed a defense that didn't really have a lot of hype going into last year and has the, made them definitively the best in the league. Um, he really, he could have won the, this award last year. Absolutely. Had the had the Steelers made the playoffs. Absolutely. I think this um this year is kind of uh, conjoined between last year and this year. Um, and all the guy seems to do is win. Yeah. Ever since he got into the league, it, he hasn't had a losing season since becoming the coach, right? I don't think so, yeah. Yeah. And, and he's been there for a while. Yeah, and Mason Rudolph was his quarterback last year. <laughs> so, I mean, if that doesn't speak to the to the caliber of coach that Mike Tomlin is, I don't know what does. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to follow that. I have Mike Tomlin as well. They, you know, he's his specialty is defense, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. He's a winner. Like you said, he just has a winning culture there. I would say, though, that uh, if I had to choose a second guy, it would be Brian Flores. Who, yeah. has, who has put the Dolphins kind of in contention. Mm-hmm. But you can't argue Mike Tomlin there, you know, and he's just been a phenomenal coach. And he hasn't even won a coach of the year in his career. So mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that needs to change. Yeah. No, that, 
I don't understand that, but it's nice to see that uh, black hat coaches are getting are, are beginning to get recognized yeah, a little bit. He passed and, Tony Dungy, right? For yeah, most, Tony Dungy most wins. for most wins as an Afri- African American coach. Yep. Um, black Brian Flores is one of three or four black head coaches in the league. Yeah. No, Todd Bowles defense. Todd, yeah. I think it's three. I think it's those two, and then I'm trying to think of the other one. I do not know. Maybe I'll come back I don't to know. I, I, I was reading something about yeah. it in the undefeated. But, no, but um, Mike Tom, yeah. I think we all agree with Mike Tomlin. Should, he definitely deserves Coach of the Year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then going into our I, our rookie rookies. Yeah, yeah, let's go rookie. We'll start, um, let's go. I want to go defense first? Yes. All right. Go ahead right. and kick off. Um, my defensive rookie of the year through week nine is Patrick Queen. Okay. He leads his team in tackles. He's got two forced fumbles, one of which he returned for a touchdown, and he's been an immediate impact for a Ravens defense who were desperate for a good linebacker presence to really round out their their good defense. Mm-hmm. And Chase Young missed three games, yeah. so that's part of it as yeah. well. Um, but, yeah, I think Patrick Queen has, has made, like I said, an immediate impact, and that Ravens defense is really better for it. Yeah. No, I, I went with Chase Young. Uh, I'm just gonna say that, but Patrick Queen was my second option. Mm-hmm. Has Chase Young missed three games? I think so. It was two or three. Seven games played. Are they nine? Have they played nine or two? Ah, oh, beside the point. I thought he only missed one game. But uh, Chase, I mean Chase Young is. I would say he's more talented rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got three and a half sacks, one forced fumble. Patrick Queen, I'd say is. I, I mean, I can't, you can't go wrong with both of them. Mm-hmm. I would lean more toward Chase Young just because I think. He's, at midseason, maybe I'll lean more towards Patrick Queen, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to give it for the whole season now to change the argument a little bit, I think Chase Young is going to have a great second half of the year. Mm-hmm. But I still think kind of he pressures the quarterback. Like that defensive line oh, yeah. is, the- is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They have five first round picks. Chase Young is a freak of nature. You could see him turning into like a, one of these great, great edge rushers in the next future. And he has his future so high. But I, I want Chase Young because he's kind of been good at his advertise. Mm-hmm. And he just jumped. Uh, Patrick Green for me in that in that sense. Yeah, I I think Patrick Green's made more of an impact just because the Ravens are winning more. Yeah. I would say because Chase Young is in a low market team and yeah. Baltimore has Lamar Jackson, so they're kind of under the microscope. And he's performed like every time I look at red zone and somebody somebody has a turnover or somebody's got a big play a tackle for a loss. Yeah. usually Patrick Queen is in the middle of it. Yeah, so I would yeah I would say I'll, I'll go with you on this argument probably because he is definitely more valuable because if you take. Even though Chase Young is like a generational player, if you take him off that, mm-hmm. they're still have a great defensive line. Mm-hmm. But if you take Patrick Queen out, they I'm gonna change mine. I'm gonna go <laughs> Patrick Queen just because I because I, I didn't really think this one through a lot because I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'll, but I'll stick with my Chase Young. Okay, but I can see where Patrick Queen comes into play. Gotcha, absolutely. Um, and then offensive rookie. This could get think, interesting would, down the stretch, but yeah. for me it was kind of a no-brainer because I've been high on this guy since the, the first two games that he played. But Justin Herbert, yeah. um, I love what he's brought to the table, and since the first game he's he's made an immediate impact. I'm not sure why they aren't winning games. I don't they know. They can't win the close ones for I, some reason. They're in every game or they're leading every game, and somehow they end up on the losing end of it. I don't know if it's the time management part, the coaching part, or the defensive part. Oh, but Anthony it definitely, Lynn. it definitely. Anthony Lynn. He's the other Af- uh, African. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So three. There I knew, was I knew it would come to us. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Christ. Um. But yeah. So Anthony Lynn was the third one. But yeah. I don't know. I I like Anthony Lynn. I yeah, think he's a very good coach. Says do I. Yeah. I I don't know. I can't really put my finger on what the problem is out there. But Justin Herbert, nonetheless, um, 
he was he's working one game behind everyone else since he was not the week one starter and still is 11th in yards in the league, eighth in touchdowns, and has a 17 to five touchdown to interception ratio. And he's been way better than advertised. There is I if you would have told me Justin Herbert was the best rookie going into this year, yeah. I don't know if I would have believed you because of the, the wide receiver class and the fact that Joe Burrow was taken yeah. up one. Yeah. So I he's been a pleasant surprise and an immediate impact yeah. guy. I also had Justin Herbert. I was I was up in the air, obviously, with Burrow. Because, I mean, you can't. Burrow's been great, too. Mm-hmm. And they have they have two wins, which is Bengals is impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that put me over the edge was Herbert. He's won less game, but he has 17 touchdowns to Burrow's 11. And he just, he, he's been surprisingly better. Like, mm-hmm. you, you expected Burrow to be good, and he has been good. You expected Herbert to probably, be, I mean, maybe not even play this year. Yeah, we thought we were going to see a redshirt yeah. year from him because they, they were very high on Tyrod yeah. going into the yeah. training yeah. camp. Poor, poor Tyrod. Yeah. Poor Tyrod. Can't, you can't talk about that, but I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Because he's not getting that job back. Nope. But, but yeah, Herbert, he comes in on the spot. Like, he, he didn't even, wasn't ready. The whole week of practice, he was serving as probably, I mean, I don't know if he, the rookie would serve as a scout team, but he was the backup. Mm-hmm. And then right before, like, 30 minutes before, he's like, yeah, you're starting today. And he played. His first drive was against the Chiefs. Yeah, think, right? Fr- yeah, against he went down the field and scored a touchdown. Yep. He, he, he has gone to the wire against... Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, yeah. um, Derek Carr. I don't really know why no, he, Derek Carr he, would be in that conversation. But, <laughs> Sorry, um, he's a solid quarterback. Yeah. But he, no, he's been great, and he put me over the edge um, over Burrow, I'd say. Those are my top two guys, but Herbert. It's going to be, like you said, it's going to be close to see at the end of the year. Yeah. Because who knows what Tua's going to do? Tua's coming. Justin Jefferson has been hot. Chase Claypool um, still Chase Claypool hot. has been hot. Um, so good. Yeah, so uh, it's definitely going to be uh, an interesting an interesting award, but I think it's Herbert's to lose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year. I had a rough time with this one. Yeah. This one, because there's not really... Not a clear-cut guy. Yeah, so. usually you have like your interception leader or your tackles leader or your sacks leader kind of be that guy. Yeah. But like... There wasn't really a good, like Aaron Donald has the league lead in sacks right now. Well, he's tied. He's tied with Garrett. Oh yeah, he is yeah. tied with Garrett. Um, so there was that. But I went kind of outside of the box here, and I went for the most well-rounded defensive presence, which has been, in my opinion, the Tampa Bay's Devin White. Wow. Okay. Uh, he's fifth in tackles. He's second in tackles for losses, and he has five sacks. And he does. He doesn't. He does it all on the defensive end. He he's in the pass rush. He's in coverage. He stuffs a run. He does er- anything and everything on the defensive side of the ball. As and it, he does it way above, um, way above average. Like for a guy in his position, and he is one of the one of the guys in um, one of the linebackers in the league that is just extremely fast and can do everything. He's a he's a unicorn. Yeah. He's a, he's a linebacking unicorn. And there should be there should be more buzz about how good this kid has been through just his second year, and he has a chance to be one of the best in the league has or at, in the one of the best that the league has seen in in quite a few years. Yeah. I wouldn't say he wasn't really. I, I didn't even really think of him because, like you said, there wasn't a lot of buzz around him. Mm-hmm. Can't question he's one of the most talented linebackers in the in the, in the league. I would say one, your boy, uh, what's his name for, for the 49ers, Fred uh, Fred Warner. Oh, Fred Warner. He's very good. Too. Yeah, Fred Warner. I think is the guy. the one of the like top three linebackers yeah, in the there's league. There's a lot of good young. I uh, like Darius Leonard too. There's yeah, a lot Darius of good, Leonard. Good uh, young linebackers. Yeah, I I just thought as well-rounded defensive players go, I don't think Devin uh, anybody that. Has a brings a better resume to the table than Devin White. Yeah. So for my defensive player here, I went with Aaron Donald. I think he's you could also say he's the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's definitely the best defensive player here. He has nine sacks, tied for the first, eleven tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, 
and uh, it's just he, the, even the stats don't even do him justice because he he is in the interior. He's not even like Garrett on the outside or, or T.J. Watt on the outside. He's mm-hmm. on the interior and he has nine sacks still, and he just disrupts. He he creates so much havoc. You have to plan for him like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. He's a machine and he he just he's he's insane. And I think he, he even like the stats. Like I said, the stats don't even do him justice because. He'll he'll break up a play, but then the running back's gonna run completely away from him, and then another guy gets the tackle. Mm-hmm. So I just went. With, I kind of went with Iron Donald just because of his impact in the game. Uh, but I, I can see where you go, Devin White. But I think yeah. Aaron Donald he, he put me over the edge. Yeah, Devin White kind of serves as like my Mookie Betts, Betts argument, where like why I had him as MVP is because he does a little bit of everything, and he all he does it all at a high level. Yeah, uh, fifth in tackles, second in uh, tackles for losses. He's um, like among top ten in pass deflections among linebackers, um, five and, he, sacks and with five too. sacks, yeah. so which is only four below the league lead. Right. But there's a lot of guys that's going to be tied for five sacks, obviously. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think as a well-rounded defensive player, I I couldn't pass up the what Devin White has brought to the table this year. Okay, I can see that. I just think Aaron Donald is. I obviously you can say the better player. I think yeah. he's. His impact is just more just because he's Aaron Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald is definitively the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. But, like, he's kind of doing one thing and one thing only, while I think Devin White is doing he's a little impact. bit of everything in a top-five way. Okay. So, I, I don't know. I, there's definitely an argument to be yeah. made for Aaron Donald. He's definitively the best defensive yeah. player in the league, the biggest defensive pass rush threat. But I I couldn't you ignore all around. I can, yes. I can see that. I can see that. Um, but now in our offensive player of the year, you could have gone a lot of ways. A lot with this. of ways, yeah. You, um, I decided to go Devin Cook. Okay. I would argue that he has the MVP if his team's record was a little bit better. Mm. But over a thousand yards from scrimmage already to this point in the year, he's second in rushing, first in rushing touchdowns, and thirds in uh, yards per carry with six. And he, the last two games, even he's oh, had. Was it 450 or some above 450 yards with like four or five touchdowns? He's had a crazy stat line the last yeah. two games. I think it's like six touchdowns the last two games, and he had 200 rushing yards last week. Mm-hmm. And then and he had 237 against Green Bay. Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, so he's he's been insane through two weeks, and then like that that has kind of put him over the top. And he missed a week, by the way. Yeah. So he missed two or one. I think he missed one, one he in missed, the bye. One in the bye, I think. He missed a half. Okay. In the Seattle game, was it? And then yeah. he missed the, the following yeah. game. Okay. So yeah, but um, but yeah, I don't think I could have I could pass that up just given especially what he's done the last two weeks, taking consideration. But just like where he stands, even after missing a week and a half, um, a half of football. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I think that that resume kind of okay. No, puts, I can see puts that. him above all. He was, uh, I would say, third on my list. I liked another running back for my number one pick. I don't see one between Kyler Murray as well. Okay. Another guy I thought of. But for me, I went with, I went with Kamara. Okay. Kyler Kamara. He has 471 rushing yards, five touchdowns. He has 60 catches, 565 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's literally a receiver just in a running back position. Mm-hmm. I would argue that he's probably one of the most valuable players in the league just because he's pretty much willed the Saints to some wins this year, especially without Michael Thomas, who who Drew Brees loves. But he's had to rely on – he's had to rely on uh, – Drew Brees had to rely on Alan Kamara every game. Like, he literally, that, that's their offense. Pretty much dump down 
and let Alvin Kamara run. Mm-hmm. So he's been dominant in both the running and receiving yards, receiving purposes. And he's putting up like freaking video game numbers. He's animal. And I think the I would say the receiving puts him over the edge than a guy for like Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. See, I I kid you not. I typed his name in because I knew <laughs> that that was going to be my pick, and yeah. then I looked at where he ranked among other running backs, and I was yeah. like, oh really? Yeah. If he got and, yeah. So I I wasn't I, that kind of drew me away from it and kind of put him lower on my list than I thought he because I thought he was going to be at the top of my list just because I know what he's done fantasy wise and right. I know everything that like. I've watched Saints games where he it's literally the offense is run through Camara. It's exactly. not even run through Drew Brees at that point. Yeah. But I think Dalvin Cook has done more with less, and especially the, the the degree of which he's done it has been at a higher caliber than what Camara has done, yeah. I think. I would but, I would argue that because so you said you said he's done more with less because I think he gets Cook gets the ball more than Kamara honestly. No, he does, but like he as far as his offensive line and like his quarterback play, yeah. he kind of has to do most of like their three wins could all be attributed to Dalvin Cook. Oh, absolutely, but I also think the Saints were they have their six wins. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like four of them have pretty much been on the back of Kamara. I know it start like his first four games. In fantasy purposes, but mm-hmm. even just just like himself, he was putting up insane. He's getting like ten catches. He had like a hundred and some yard receiving yards, but also to go with like all his rushing. He's literally like a two headed monster as a running back and a receiver. And I think his impact is just greater than Dalvin Cook. Well, see, the other thing that goes into that as well is he also has like a Kamara has like defensive security or like at least a little bit of it from what week by week, like. The Vikings' defense is horrible, and they give up a lot of points. So okay. Dalvin Cook is going to make up the points in the ground to kind of minimize the damage or to put them over the top. At where Kamara, the, he kind of he kind the offense goes through him, but the defense still holds their end as well. Where Dalvin Cook is kind of like everything. Like obviously he's not playing defense, but the defense isn't really giving him a lot of help, and he's forcing that Dalvin Cook to go balls to the wall every every possession. So. Okay. I think like that's where I say that he's done more with less because there's nobody around him on that team besides besides him really that has done anything to win them games. The Vikings you're talking about? Yes. Well, Thielen's been good and Jefferson's been good, but Kirk Cousins hasn't been. He's and been good enough, I'd say. Kirk Cousins? Oh, he's not been like absolutely terrible, but he's he had three touchdowns last week. He's been he's been decent. But he, like, who gets them to the other side of the field? Because I don't think it's that him. I think it's Cook. Oh, absolutely, Dalvin Cook is the number one guy. But Justin Jefferson has had like, two games with 100 plus receiving yards. Thielen's maybe had three. I think like who outside of who on the Saints have done anything really than Kamara? Because Michael Thomas has been hurt. Emmanuel Sanders. It's been Taysom Hill pretty much. Okay. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Right. Like, there's um, that. Yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson and Thielen are good. And I would say they're better options than what the Saints have, but. Yeah. Uh, so I would say so, Drew Brees is better than Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. But then outside of Michael Thomas, who other weapons do the Saints have? Yeah, but like they have they have the defense though. Like I I'll say that instead of more with less, I'll say that he's he's working with more against him. Okay. I I should have rephrased or I'll rephrase that okay. a little better. He's working with more against him, and like like I said, he would be my MVP to this point of the year if their record was not three and five. Interesting. And like. Because again, the value part yeah. kind of comes. Oh, into play, no, you yeah. can't. You can't question his value. He literally yeah. has. I would say he's won three games for them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But I just lean more towards Kamara, just because he's also another impactful guy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Let, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I could see, I could see both. Yeah. I, it's interesting that you had Kamara first and then yeah. with Cook. Yeah. I because I was literally going to like make my argument for him, and then I saw where he ranked, and I was like, wait, there's not like, he's yeah. there's nobody better than that. Like, I gotta, I gotta look and see. And then the the second person to come to mind was Alvin Cook, and I took him against like um, the leading receivers like D Hop, DK. All those guys, yeah. um, because I the offensive player of the year typically goes Close to a skills position. Right, not, not so QB, yeah. yeah, I didn't really look at QBs when, as far as this this award is concerned. So I looked at running backs and receivers, and Dalvin Cook had the best resume. Yeah. In my opinion. I think if Dalvin Cook was more like the last two weeks, because like he had maybe like one or two good games, like the first four weeks. The last two have been some of the best games I've ever seen as a running back. Mm-hmm. But I think Kamara had has had more more well rounded games. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made for both. Absolutely. And I think we're going to have another argument here in a minute in our MVP. Because we we have discussed this on multiple occasions throughout the year, off camera, off mic. And um, so I'll I'll kick it off and say that my MVP is Russell Wilson. Uh, It's still his to lose. And again, I'm going to stress the definition of value here. You look at the Seahawks. You look at their skills positions. They're solid. Their running backs are okay. Mm -hmm. Their O-line is not good. And their defense is not good. So take Russell Wilson off that team and say that they have some backup in or some like average guy like um, like you have a Mitch Trubisky over there. Yeah. Then where are the Seahawks? So there's definitely that argument to be made. And he's not to mention that he has a career high in completion percentage to this point in the season and is, uh, is the league leader in touchdowns uh, or passing touchdowns, fourth in yards and fourth in QBR. And he has already had his bye. Yeah. So he still ranks up to the league's top QBs, and he's working a week behind everybody. Like Patrick Mahomes is, has his bye this week. Um, who else uh, has been up there? Uh, Matt well, Ryan. I Ro- mean, Rogers is still up. Rogers there. is up there. Yeah, Rogers, Josh Allen, Josh but Allen. I mean, Kyler Murray. Now Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the. I I think that it's still his to lose because like even with the loss last week at the Bills, they still put up thirty four points. Yeah. So. No, I mean, there's no questioning his talent, and he's. One, if not one of the most valuable players to his team. Mm-hmm. He makes everyone around him better. Uh, but the guy I went with who I – all week, all year, it's been Russell Wilson for me. Mm-hmm. But I think this last week, my guy's Patrick Mahomes. I think he's simply the best quarterback in the league, arguably the best player. I put him slightly over Wilson just because the, the last couple of weeks he's been remarkable. He's second in passing yards by Matt Ryan. He has three less touchdowns than Wilson at, at 25. But he only has one pick. Okay. Russell Wilson has eight. Mm-hmm. Also has a couple turnovers or fumbles. Mm-hmm. So that kind of lead, like Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over. Wilson does. And but wouldn't you say that was product of his O line and kind of him trying to improvise plays? And I, I make... would I would say maybe like four of them are, but he's got eight. Okay. Eight, okay. eight picks. I right? mean, see that like I'll again the value argument is is kind of where I okay. where I kind right, of reside here block, yeah. because like like it. Russell Wilson put up 34 points in a losing effort last yeah. week, and he's put up. I that team hasn't put up below 25. Yeah. I don't think this entire I, season. I don't think the Chief, maybe beside the Raiders game that they yeah. lost, right? But no, the Raiders. Uh, they lost the Raiders and scored 28. So I guess yeah, yeah. that's the same argument. I mean, they're but, both putting up just about 30 points a game, yeah. I'd say. But that this past week really, really put him over because I think that there was. I think the the gap is lower now, but it's still Russell Wilson's yeah. to lose. No, he had two picks and two fumbles. I think that's kind of. I just think he's turned the ball over more. Which that's kind of what jumped me for Mahomes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Honestly, I was I was even look at the stats. I wish Aaron Rodgers didn't have that bad game. Yeah. Because I think Rodgers would be my pick. 
Yeah, no, I would, and it would be, I, I think... Be like, one, two, and three right there. Yeah. You could argue with all three of them. But just because he played terrible against the Bucks, you can't really put him in the conversation with these two. And he lost to the Vikings. Yeah, true. But, I mean, he still played well, but yeah. That yeah. was more of their defense. Mm-hmm. But, but for me, again, I had Russell Wilson all year, but I think Patrick Mahomes jumped, jumped Russell Wilson this past week for myself. Okay. See, I, I couldn't pull it. I can't. <laughs> I, know, pull the I, I knew you were going to do Russell Wilson because we talked about this all what was it, Sunday night or yeah, uh, Monday. We, we've had multiple conversations like through the week about yeah. just like quarterbacks and just other random shit that we talk about in, yeah. in our group chat. But we, we have, well, like, what would you rather have, Nick Foles or or Derek Carr? I think Caden was saying something about that. Or, or Cam um, Newton. We, we talked about Cam a lot. We, yeah, we talk, I have had to do a lot of Cam defense this week. <laughs> I usually you do were, it in the show. But. It was a good thing that Cam played well last Monday because if he didn't, I think Huda. Oh, oh I would have got, gotten hammered. Oh, my God. I would have gotten hammered, but then I kind of proved my point because yeah. I knew I, I was – it was like the Jets. I was Because yeah. pissed off Cam is one of the best players yeah. in the league. And so I knew, especially against the Jets, that was yeah. going to show. So By the way, I forgot to I forgot to mention okay. that throw that he made before the field goal was one of the most genius throws I've ever to, seen. To Myers. To Myers, because if he hits him in stride, they run out of time. Right, he went right down. He was right down, and they called the timeout left with one, one second. second. If that yeah. placement is any different, they run out of time and they can't kick the field goal in regulation. Yeah. So oh, that, play good, but again, it was the Jets, so you can't like. Yeah, I'm not like I said, I'm not high on the hype train yeah. for for them, but I. I so we'll see against the Ravens. That's a, that's a yes. big kind of prove it, prove a game for them. Yeah. Um. What was the other conversation? The other conversation was like, where would you rank Derek Carr among like current QBs? Yeah. Um. Like he's like above average, middle of the pack, or below average. Yeah. And then we were talking about like to win you a game. Would yeah. you rather have like this person or this person? Um, there was a heated argument between Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson, and I was there. Yeah, like my Lamar and Kyler Murray, we had too. Yeah, we, we had a great good yeah. conversation. Yeah, I wish that we can kind of incorporate that into the show somehow. But I mean, that would be a, we would add another like three. That would be a, a yeah, show. that would be a game breaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that runs out our um, embrace the debate segment. Um. And to top it all off, uh, or to top off the sports portion of our of our episode, we have our ranking segment. And this week, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, yep. with the draft um, going to be this Tuesday, Wednesday, 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 Thursday. I think it's Wednesday, it's the eighteenth. Right. Yeah, yep. Wednesday, yeah. So Wednesday, this Wednesday, we're not going to be able to. We're going to have to recap the NBA draft. Yeah. So this week, we tried to give you guys a top ten mock draft. Yep. So this is. It's an interesting draft because yeah. you really, didn't really have like that March Madness to kind of see like guys prove themselves a little more. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of guys play overseas. It's going to be a very interesting draft, and it's not really one that's I myself. I, it's, it's a lot of things going to happen. We'll say. Yeah, and there's not like a definitive like we still don't know who's going to get pick number one. I know it could usually be. you have coming in like you know for sure. Like you know Zion was going one. Line. Yeah, and we knew John Morant was going two, and yep. then from there it was kind of a question mark. This yep. whole draft is a question mark. Yeah. You want to kick it off? Go ahead. Yeah. Are we going from from I, 10 I would, up or are we going one down? I would say go one down. I was thinking that too. That's how they do it. Yeah. So um, with the first pick, I have the Timberwolves picking Anthony Edwards. I think if they didn't have D'Angelo, I would say that they were going to go LaMelo. Oh, absolutely. I think they were going to – but they don't have a two-guard since Jimmy Butler left, but they replaced him with D'Angelo Russell, who's more – he thrives better as a one, um, in my opinion. Um, he saw that with the Nets and – uh, that big three with him, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo would complement each other very well, in my opinion. And he's 
Anthony Edwards is probably the most explosive, well-rounded player in the draft. He can. And we've seen it like in a while. He's a freak. Yeah, he, athletically, he jumps out of the gym. He could shoot. He could shoot the three. He can uh, drive and dish. He can play defense. He yeah. he brings everything to the table, and he's probably one of the more well-rounded prospects, prospects yeah. in this draft. I'd say talent-wise, a couple of guys like. But it's nothing to do with him. Yeah. It's either height or their offense dominant right, right, right. or something like that. But as far as like an everything versatile figure, Anthony Edwards yeah. is my number one pick. I'm, I'm excited. I didn't really see him a lot at Georgia, so I'm excited to see him kind of that national kind of spotlight. But right. Yeah, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. So me, the first pick in the NBA draft, I believe the Minnesota Timberwolves will select Anthony Edwards as well. Like you said, the big three with Towns, Russell, and Edwards. That's a great young core. Uh, I don't think they should go ball here. Like you said, I don't think ball and Russell mix. Mm-hmm. Their defense wouldn't be good. I I think it's kind of like a it's a, that's gonna be a kind of a culture problem. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Edwards fits in perfectly, and I, I hope they pick that. We'll care to see. Maybe they make a trade, but I don't think they will. I think they go with Anthony Edwards, and I think he's their guy. Yeah, I think the Timberwolves are gonna be the team to kind of. I think everyone in the lottery is susceptible to a trade except the Timberwolves because I think the Timberwolves need a young core more than anybody yeah. in the lottery. If they get him, say. they could. They have a real shot to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yep, because they're gonna, they're in a nice core, and the, again, the West is gonna be so good. Yeah, the West is gonna uh, the bas- the basketball season is arguably arguably might be better, like not as like as in terms of regular season, but down the stretch, like like June, like, pl- like, oh. like May playoffs, into playoffs, June, yeah. that playoff race is gonna be nuts. Yeah, because the playoffs last year were some of the best that we've just basketball we've seen, but like towards the end, of the year, like you said. It's going to be up, up, up for grabs in the West, especially the last couple of seeds. Yeah, Ooh. and if Pfizer can get that vaccine yeah. going, cough, cough. Give me some fans. Fans yeah. that can be a part of this oh. would be incredible. God, I can't wait. And yeah. next next month, NBA's back. Next month, <laughs> December 22nd. That is... That's crazy to think of. Uh, I Yeah, and like if you guys felt like we were just watching the NBA, it's because we were. Yeah. Wow. Um, but my second overall pick in this year's NBA draft, the Warriors should select James Wiseman. He's the best big man in this draft. He's got a little bit of everything. He could shoot the mid-range. He could block shots. He could jump out of the gym as well. He could jump with anybody in the league. And the Warriors, as we've stated before, that starting lineup, that one thing that's missing is a solid center. Yep. And you are having a probably one of the best centers into the, in the league automatically when he enters just thrown into your lap at number two. So if you don't pick him, you better make damn sure that you make a good trade to make up for that. Because if you pass up on this guy and get mediocre role players instead, you guys are officially the biggest idiots in the NBA and you guys don't want to win more championships. So Bob Myers, figure it out. With the second pick, I also believe the Golden State Warriors will select James Wiseman. Like He's a perfect fit. We've talked about this for a while now. Mm-hmm. With that starting lineup of Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman. That is... Wow, it's filthy, and they'll they 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 cement themselves. I would say second in the West, behind the Lakers. Second. Yes, like they, I would maybe jump them over the Nuggets, but they're gonna be dangerous if they get wise. And I, and I hope they do. I yeah. want to see that lineup. That lineup would be insane, especially with Draymond Green being the facilitator that he yeah, is. Him right. throwing and lobs and, get back and transition. Curry and, uh, always looks to pass the ball as well when he doesn't have an open three yeah. or doesn't think he has an open have an open three. And yep. then Wiggins and uh, Thompson, complimentary pieces. Yeah. That starting lineup that's a, is nuts. That's filthy. Absolutely filthy. Um, at the third pick, Michael Jordan's Hornets should select LaMelo Ball. 
Uh, he is, I think, the best prospect in this draft as far as star potential. I agree. Um, he's a six-seven point guard. Don't see that a lot, but like the last time we got excited about a six-seven point guard, it was Michael Carter, Michael Carter Williams. So that's kind of an oh, area for concern. But even said Luca, because but he came in didn't really come in as a point guard yeah. per se. He was yeah. like more like a shooting guard. I think Rick Carlisle kind of made him into yeah. a point guard just because of he he makes really good right. decisions. But I mean, that's beside the point, Luca. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think Michael Jordan is, if anybody is going to be the most intrigued by uh, Lamelo if he falls down to three, and um, Terry Rozier is in the point guard, they're going to have. Um, moving forward, he's he's yeah. more of a guy that will serve off the bench. Like six man guy, yeah. Like Lou Williams type role. Yeah, Terry is a very he's very built for a six man role, but he's not good enough to be in a starting role. And yeah. you have Lamelo with the young curve from Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, uh, Devonte Graham still. Devonte Graham yeah. is still there. Um, he'll probably play more of the two. You might see Malik Monk go to the three, or Malik Monk come off the bench yeah, and Miles Bridges stay at the three. But either way, that's a great young core to build around, and that's a really good selling point to have at the November 20th free agency as well. Yeah. So I think Lamelo Ball will bring in free agents. I think he'll bring in more fans, and I think Michael Jordan can't pass that opportunity yeah. up. Yeah. I also have Lamelo Ball at three. I'm just going to say now I think the Knicks are going to make a trade to get Lamelo Ball. Uh, if Lamelo Ball some, for some reason doesn't go to the Hornets, he could fall a little bit. Cause yeah. Because the, the Bulls don't need a, they don't need a guard. The Cavs don't need a guard. The Hawks, I mean, they could go for a guard, but I don't think they need one like Lamelo Ball. Like, mm-hmm. He could fall. So that's why I think the Knicks might go for something. Mm-hmm. But, but beside the point, I think Lamelo Ball should go third to the Hornets. I think he's the he's the point guard they need to build for for the future. I don't I don't think Rozier or Graham are kind of future point guards. And I think Lamelo Ball, you insert him like you say, he's a six seven point guard with great vision. He's a he's a scorer, and he just makes his teammates better. So I think. Lamelo Ball be a great pick for the Hornets. Agreed. Um, at my number four pick, I think this is where we kind of separate here. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I have the Bulls picking Obi Toppin out okay, of Dayton. Um, they have Zach Levine and Koi White to be their two guards. They right. don't really need another guard there, and uh, they have Larry Markkinen that could either play the three or the four, and Obi Toppin can play wherever he's not playing and have Wendell Carter at the five. Yeah. So I think that that system will kind of mesh into itself, and that would be a better fit. I They could go Tyrese Halliburton and go another guard. They could go uh, Den- Denai Av- Avadija, I think his name is. <laughs> Something like that. Out of uh, – uh, where is he? He's, he's like from Israel. Like oh, yeah, Israel, yeah. Israel. Yeah. Um, they could go that route, but I think Obi Toppin, I think, ha- gave us more of a sample size as we yeah. saw he was probably, yeah, he was poised to win the Wooden Award, or did he win the Wooden Award? Uh, he he won the name fifth player of the year. I think Luke, Luke Garza might have won the Wooden Award. I think they split the guy from Iowa who had a great year. Oh, okay. But I think Obi Toppin was the best player in college yes. last year, no doubt. Obi Toppin was the face of college basketball last year, um, and he he just is explosive. He jumps out of the gym. He could go stick. Yeah, and he plays very good uh, perimeter defense as well as interior defense. So I think that'll be something that the Bulls could really build around. Yeah, I, I could see that. I went with a different route. I went with the Bulls selecting uh, Denny Avinja. Sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but I think he's a better fit at the three. I think he's he's a big guy, he's like mm-hmm. a bigger guy, but he also has guard skills, and he's he's more of a mold of the three than Obi Toppin is. Mm-hmm. So I think a, a lineup of Kobe White, Levine, Avija, Markin, and Wendell Carter that, that that suits better than a Toppin role because mm-hmm. I think Markin's not necessarily a three, even though he can shoot. Mm-hmm. I think he's more of a four. But I like I like this kid. I, I see some highlights on him. He's I, I'm a big Euro guy. Like I like seeing these Euro guys come in and play well. 
Uh, I think this guy's a lot of talent, and I think he fits perfectly in with a with a Billy Donovan offense now. Yeah. See, I always have a tough time leaning more towards the guys that come out of the um, the Euro circuit, just because you don't really know, because they could be absolute they, nobodies, or they could be Luca or Porzingis. Yeah. So it's really it's really a a, a coin flip yeah. as like I mean, where I mean, they end honest, up. Right yeah. Now. Like, there's just guys that you don't hear anything about, but all of a sudden, towards draft time, they get buzzed, and yeah. then either they're nothing, or, like, we've seen names that, like, the Spurs have drafted that you can't even pronounce and that you never see. Yeah. So, I, I I have kind of a harder time going yeah. towards the EuroLeague route, but this guy looks looks solid, and he'll definitely fall. That uh, Denny looks like he'll fall within the lottery. Yeah. But I, I think the Obi Toppin would be a better move for the Bulls as far as star power and, okay. and meshing with the, their current roster. Mm-hmm. Um, at my number five, the Cavs, um, kind of kind of a reach here, but I think this is a better fit for them just because they've gone so guard-heavy in the draft over the last couple of years. Um, and this guy really impressed me. It was uh, Auburn's Isaac Okoro. Okay. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that jumps out of the gym. Very He's a slasher-type player, um, 6'6", 260. 225 brings good size. He's younger. He's he was only a freshman this year, and this is one of our one of our first freshmen that we're really seeing coming out too. Because like a lot of guys, like Obi Toppin was there for two years, right? Two or three, yeah. He's yeah, he was there guy. for a couple years. So this is one of the guys that are that. Well, are Edward, Edward, was first. A, Edward was a freshman. Oh, was he? And Wiseman. Yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind. I'm talking <laughs> out of my ass. Sorry. Um, but yeah, he he can contribute as a defender as well. He jumps, block shots. He score. Uh, like I said, jumps out of the gym, and um, the Cavs don't really need another guard, and you don't really have a good enough big man to take at five, so I think this is your route that you go. Okay, I can see that. I went a different route. I went with uh, Oneka Okua. I think they have they have, uh, they have Love and, Dr- and Drummond. I think one of them will be gone. Mm-hmm. I think this kid is someone that they, they like a future guy that they plan for, for the future. I think he's a future all-star, honestly. I like this kid a lot. That's probably a little biased because I think he's going to be a Bam Adebayo type player. Mm-hmm. I'm a Heat fan. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of similarities. I, they compared them together. Same size, pretty much same wingspan, similar stats in college. And this kid's really good. He blocks a lot. He's a very good defensive player, athletic. And, and I like this kid a lot. And I think the Cavs, again, like you said, they don't need a guard. Uh, so I think they take the, they go big here. I could see maybe – I could see I could see this kid going there, uh, Okura. I think, they, I think they go with another O here in uh, Okungwa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both picks make sense there. There's a couple of different ways that the Cavs can go about it because they need a little bit of everything yeah. except for the the right, guards because go, they went with Sexton and Garland. Yeah, go Garland. Yeah, they're not going to do that in consecutive years. Um, if they'll they'll get like veteran guys to go behind them yeah. and look to kind of develop them moving forward. Right. Um, so yeah, but there's definitely a lot of forwards there that they could go with. They could go with Okongwu, uh, who's a center. There's a couple different routes they could go. Yeah. Um, at my number six pick, the Atlanta Hawks, I have them. This is where I have Denny going. Okay. Uh, Danny Avedija out of Israel. He he seems like to to be kind of a point forward. Yeah. Like he has good handle. He yep. can shoot the rock. Um, brings good length on the defensive yeah. end. Six nine two fifteen. Um, and the the Hawks don't like. I there's another team that don't really need guards there. They have Cam Reddish. They have Trey Young. Uh, Kevin Huerter is over there too. Um, their their forward presence, uh, Darius Basley is not going to get that job done. Yeah. Moving down the line, um, DeAndre Bembry, um, not a not a good like 
forward to have in your starting lineup. And if you want to develop a guy right away to kind of mesh with your young core that you have in John Collins, Trey Young, and Cam Reddish, I think this will be a perfect fit. Yeah. No, I can see that. I went a different route. I actually went guard. I went with Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. I think he's another guy like length. I think he plays well with, with Trey Young because he's not necessarily – I've seen some – he has a weird kind of shot. He's, he's more of a catch-and-shoot guy, which I think is perfect because Trey Young's going to have the ball the majority mm-hmm. to feed him. He's a lengthy guy. Um, I, I think he fits perfectly with, with Trey Young, honestly, because he's a good defender, good length, good passer, and he's just a good basketball player. So he can play behind Trey Young, but he can also play with him. And I'm not – I think like a Cam, Cam Reddish and, and uh, DeAndre Hunter, more of the wing guys, mm-hmm. uh, like to play with three. Uh, Kevin – how do you pronounce Quater. Quater. He's good. I don't know if he's like a – Two guard to start, mm-hmm. but I like this kid a lot. I didn't. I saw him like like back in the like during the college season, and I was like, who who the heck's this guy? I hadn't really heard of him from Iowa State, but I kind of did some more research on him. I, I like him. I think he could fit with Trey Young, so I went with him at six, going to the Hawks. Yeah, see, I have. I think he has a lot of star power, uh, Halberton, and he he does a little bit of everything as yeah. well. He's a he's a combo guard. He could shoot. He can right. drive. He could pass, um, and really has like a very underrated star power here. And really, somebody that can emerge, and I think a place that he will have more star power is at the Pistons at seven. Okay, uh, they're more than likely going to move Derrick Rose. Um, they don't really, they don't have Reggie Jackson anymore. They don't really have any guards past that at, at that point. And uh, with Blake Griffin and whatever they decide to build around him, I think that Tyrese Halliburton will really have a market to thrive in and really see the star power that he brings to the table at the Pistons, and like I said, I think the guard need is a lot less than what the Pistons have above that, yeah. so I think that's why he falls. I think if it's a different order, I, I would say he's probably a top three or four prospect yeah, in this true, draft. Yeah. He was, he, like, I saw some tape of him and mock draft shows and whatnot. He looked really yeah. good, and I saw some games that Iowa State played this year on ESPN that were... He's athletic, he, too, yeah. yeah, he's just... he He's a five-tool guy, yeah. and so I think he's really... Besides Lamelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, uh, out of the top three, I think he has the one of, if not him, Obi Toppin, but the most star power okay. there. Okay. No, I, I like the kid a lot. Uh, my number seven for the Pistons, I, I think they need a guard absolutely. Oh, uh, Killian Hayes, uh, point guard out of France. Another another great size. You, you see these point guards with great size. Kid six five, he's a lefty, and again, they're Derrick Rose. As much as I want to see, see him succeed, I don't think he's he's not there. Point guard of the future, obviously, he's getting old and injury prone. So they needed a point guard. Back. He'll probably be traded. Yeah, by yeah. by the season start, I yeah. would say. I, I would not be surprised because I don't think I think he wants to start on a team. Yeah. He's probably he's put up like eighteen points a game. Last yeah, year. and I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was like eighteen points a game uh, the year like before a, that. It was it was nineteen yeah, and a half. Like a good team will, would love to have him. Yeah, and I'm sure the Pistons are getting calls after calls after yeah. calls about uh, on contender teams that yeah. have point guard need. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I don't think, think he's going to be there by season start. Yeah. That's why I think this kid uh, Hayes is going to take the reins of that franchise, and he can be a good mix with Blake Griffin. So I, I, I'm excited if they go that. I would be very excited to see this kid play because I think he has more star power as well. And again, I haven't seen him much because he played overseas. But uh, from the highlights, I like this kid a lot. And I'm always a big fan of the lefties. Yeah. Yeah, got to represent uh, in some way, shape, form. Um, <laughs> um, so this pick at number eight for the Knicks here uh, could get bad. Bad very, <laughs> very interesting yeah. because there is a guy who is a very high market guy that played with Lamelo at Chino Hills that you had already mentioned oh, before. Yeah. 
in uh, Onyeka on Okongwu. Uh, they call him Big O down there in Chino Hills. He is a guy um, that brings a lot of length, big wingspan, block shots, um, really gets down low and does dirty work. Um, and that's a guy that the Knicks fans, I think, will will like right away just because he's so well-known already, um, being associated with LaMelo and Chino Hills and that whole gang. Um and he was he was, he played really well at USC. He, yeah, he was. Um, he was he was in contention for the Wooden Award as well. Um, he just really USC wasn't as good of a team, yeah. so he wasn't as that paid attention to. But he he looks to be a guy that outside of him and Wiseman, those guys are kind of set apart at the center yeah. position in this draft. And I think that there's a lot of center needs around the league, and yeah. the Knicks need a little bit of everything. Yeah. And they're looking for, for their next face of the franchise. They they kind of fell flat with R.J. Barrett not making an all-rookie team, so yeah. I think this is their next best bet. Yeah. No, I can see him either. Especially at eight. Yeah, and especially with Bam Adebayo playing so well and him being a fit, uh, similar player, mm-hmm. I could see I could see him going like, – like I saw some drafts where he was going – he went uh, uh, to the war- – I saw one going to the Warriors at two. Like some people like him better than Wiseman, which I had a tough time getting yeah, behind. But, I can't get behind. But, but, that, I, but. I do like this kid. Mm-hmm. I think he has some great potential. Mm-hmm. And my number eight, I had the Knicks uh, taking Obi Toppin. I think the Knicks go just best available, and I because I, I haven't had Obi yeah. Toppin off the board yet. Uh, and I would like to see it. I think Obi Toppin would thrive with the Knicks, and he would be one of the favorites to win Rookie of the Year with the Knicks. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they get. Yeah, I think they go best available player. They get the National Player of the Year. And the next go Obi Toppin. Yeah, those two, uh, if they're there at eight, are definitely the best case scenario for yeah. them at eight. But if they both go ahead of eight, and then like they, the they're, Hornets keep their pick, that is going to be a lot of trouble. For that's them why I think the Knicks need everything. A trade. Everything is going to be a reach at that yeah. point. That's why, because they they also need a guard. But I don't know. But that's why I want them to get the mile ball trade up and somehow because because they, they'll be out like for our, both our MAC drafts or at least mine. Because uh, Halliburton was gone, mm-hmm. and like I think Hayes could pitch. I think the Pistons are going guard no matter what, mm-hmm. and it's just, it kind of depends on what the Hawks do mm-hmm. if the Knicks want to get a guard. Yeah, so it, that's definitely going to be the most noteworthy position in the draft outside of what the Warriors do. I would say, yeah, just because the the Knicks are in such high demand and they have struggled to to figure it out over yeah. the last couple of years. They had Neil, Neil Aquino, but he is not. He's another like guy overseas that has just has not turned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, at my number nine pick, this is a lot higher than I saw a lot of mock drafts, but I had uh, Precious, Precious Achuo Achu, 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 uh, out of Kentucky. Wow. Um, no, at, no. Uh, athletic three. Memphis, Memphis. Oh, Memphis, Memphis. That's right. Uh, he was the number three um, prospect coming out of high school behind uh, James Wiseman and um, Cole, Cole no, Anthony. Yeah, Cole Anthony. Yeah. Um, he was, the, he was the third, and he went uh, played under Penny Hardaway, and he had a pretty damn good year. Uh, he, kind of, he kind of found more volume when James Wiseman had his situation, and he showed glimpses of why he was that number three guy. And I think that uh, the Wizards kind of have to take a shot in the dark here because they're, they're, they don't know what they're going to have going into next year, whether they're going to have Bradley Beal or he's going to be traded somewhere else, and they're going to have another a couple other new guys to incorporate. Um, they don't know what they're going to get out of John Wall because obviously he's been out for two plus years. Um, so I think Precious Chungwu um, kind of serves as a guy that they can they can bank on to be to be reliable and to kind of fill gaps that they have in their team. Okay, I could say, I think that's a little bit of a reach because they have a guy uh, in Rui Hachimura. He's 
He's a four, though. Yeah, I think he's kind of. A, I would say he's a mix of a four as well. Yeah. I think they're similar type players. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's questioning his talent. I think they go for my draft. This guy hasn't been off the board. I know he was off the field, mm-hmm. but I think they go with Isaac uh, Okura. Another, this kid is. He, he could be a very good three and D type guy. Mm-hmm. He's already a really good defensive guy. I think his offense will get better. I would like to see. I think their ideal pick with the Wizards would be. Uh, Alcangua. Uh-huh. I think they need a center because they started Thomas Bryant last year at center. Right. So I think they would really love a center, and they, and they might be another team that would trade up. Mm-hmm. But for my for my mock draft, I think they take Okuro. Uh, I think they I think they'd be happy with this kid, and he could play like that three for the, for the future for them. So I, I I would like to see that. Yeah, I I think both kind of serve as three the guys that can serve as the yeah. three. Uh, they lost Otto Porter, and they haven't really been able to replace exactly. him since he he jumped ship. Um, so I, yeah, I think especially if Bradley Beal and John Wall stay, both of these guys can serve as as huge they, role players. They could for them. be. They could potentially be very good in the West if if Beal because Beal is going to give you freaking thirty a game. He's an animal, and then yeah, I think it relies on if Wall returns back to that All Star type player. Yeah, and it also depends on what they do in the off season too, because like they're, they're gonna do they're gonna do a couple low key moves that might work that. out like a Willie Cauley Stein and like people like that yeah. to see if they that kind of works and to see if Bradley Beal kind of wants to stay for yeah. one more season just to see what they have. Right, because so. he, he probably would be more kind of optimistic, like let's get Wall back so we can be a playoff team again. Right. So yeah, I'll be definitely that that pick is going to be a lot of a lot of different directions yeah. that you could go there, but there's definitely a need there in multiple positions for them. Um, and to round out my top ten, um, I got a guy that also has a lot of star star power. It comes in with a lot of cameras on him at all times. Um, had his own show with Overtime. Went overseas with the Mellow. R.J. Hampton. Um, R.J. Hampton is going to be a great complimentary piece with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, assuming that Devin Booker stays. And especially if they don't end up getting CP3 as well, that's a point guard. Yep. And he's another. He's a 6'7 point guard yeah. with, like LaMelo, got a lot less of a shot, but more of a defensive presence, I would say. Yep. Um, a little more explosive. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's got— very explosive. I've seen some highlights. He can—wow. He, yeah. And he can kind of— uh, I think the Suns, if they pick him, they are set up perfectly for free agency. Yeah. And if they have to deal deal Booker, they don't have to get a point guard right away, or they can move R.J. Hampton to the two if they needed to. Yeah. But yeah, R.J. Hampton is a is a dual threat guard, and will will definitely fill some gaps for the Suns. Yeah. I also have R.J. Hampton at ten. I think they could go a couple different ways, but I think they definitely go guard. You could go Tyrese Maxey here. You could go even go Cole Anthony. That might be a little reach, but I've seen. He's very talented. Mm-hmm. And then uh, new guy, uh, Kiera Lewis, kid from Alabama, who I've seen. Oh. He's been flying up draft boards. Another like athletic uh, point guard. But I think they go with RJ Hampton because I think he has the most potential. He was going like a top five projected pick going into this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I, I really like him. I think he would fit perfectly with Booker, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that rounds out our top ten. I think that... Um there's a lot of prospects that we didn't mention, like uh, Tyrese Maxey fell, Cole Anthony fell, yeah. um, Achua would have fell if I didn't mention him because yeah. I there's a lot of like I saw him falling as as far as 17, which I thought yeah. was way too low for a guy that talented. Yeah. But yeah, there's a couple guys in there that a couple like, guys from Florida State that they like Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell that I've seen in the top 10 too. There's a lot yeah. of prospects. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there, right. but a lot of unknown just but, because of how the college season unfolded, um, how like 
low-key the college basketball season was yep. to that before March Madness because there wasn't really a lot of buzz going yeah. around because we didn't have guys like Zion. Yeah, we, don't have, we didn't really and, have like a proven type player. Yeah. I mean, Obi Toppin was, but like Anthony Edwards, like he was very good, but he was on a losing team. Right. There's a lot of question marks. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't really anybody that brought like a big hype train with him. Like James Wiseman was kind of that, but then he had his scandal and then he was done. So there was yeah. the college season kind of fell flat, and there's a lot of unknown going yeah. into the draft. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so uh, as we round have rounded out the last like three or four shows, yeah. um, and what we like to do is uh, tell you guys two random things that we've come across this week that have been non-sports related and kind of been kind of whimsical, humorous. Um, ways to end out the show. Um, this week in particular, I found out two things about myself. So, um, I can sleep through an earthquake, apparently. Um, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was one. Yeah, either. I woke up, uh, what was it, Monday morning, and I checked Twitter, and um, apparently there was an earthquake. I do things sometimes where I, like, wake up in, the, in, like, the middle of the morning for no reason at all, and, like, I there really was a reason, but I can't put it to memory. <laughs> like, I've, my, I've had friends when I was a kid throw, like, a water bottle at my face, and I woke up, and I had no idea why I woke really? up. So, like, maybe that's what happened, but I didn't even acknowledge it. And there was a, yeah, it was up in Mass. It followed through most of New England, I would think. Yeah, I didn't feel Yeah, well. I didn't, I had no idea until I woke up the next morning. Um, and then, so my the second thing I found out this week is that I'm not loved by anyone because I don't have a PS5. Um, <laughs> nobody wanted to buy me a PS5. I'm broke. I can't afford it, and nobody loves me enough to really to really pull through. So, <laughs> thanks everyone. Appreciate it. Thanks. Well, harsh. Yeah. I mean, I that was harsh for me not to get a PS4. I think <laughs> that all the all the girlfriends, all the family members that are buying everybody PS5s, and I I get nothing. No, yeah. for Christmas Day. One can only hope. Maybe. <laughs> for my two, uh, I love my number one, uh, Devin uh, Lovisque. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name. Listen to this: twenty-six point two mile bear bear crawl in twenty hours and forty-eight minutes in thirty-six degree weather. I'm gonna. I'm after this. I'm gonna show you this video. He raised. He's always raising money for Veterans Day, okay. which was the other day, the eleventh. Okay. So he did twenty six and a half in and twenty six and two point two mile bear crawl. That is, I I myself hate bear crawls. I can't even imagine doing a mile. This dude did twenty six of them. Some of the, I, I, I can't run that far in a day's <laughs> worth. Yeah. There's 20, no shot. Twenty straight hours. That's horrific. Yeah. I, why? Like, I mean, like obviously, yeah. obviously, why? But it's, like, ah. I mean, I respect you raising money, but God, you're gonna do that? Like, run 26 miles. Yeah. Go do a bear call. Yeah, I oh, extremist. Yeah. That guy. So I'm not sure how much they raised. I'm hoping a lot. They were trying to look for like a, like a million dollars, which is fantastic. But yeah, shit, I hope. Yeah. It, uh, for 20 hours on 26 points, yeah. you better 20, give them. But, uh, I would, oh. I would hope. So yeah, try to do a bear crawl and see if you can do that for 26 months. I can barely do it for 20 yards. <laughs> and then my second one was it was all, it was actually sports related, but this, I just thought this was fascinating. But LeBron James is going to become the first player in NBA history to have his jersey retired in three different franchises. I thought that was crazy. The yeah. Cavs, the Heat, and obviously the Lakers because he's. Fine. You think the Lakers will retire? I think he's going to win one more in, in the span. He's going to play for another five years probably. Yeah. So I think he's going to okay. at least win one more. Yeah, and I mean, they already brought him one the freaking first yeah. year. So and he's still gonna he's not slowing down and he's wait, thirty-six? Maybe he's thirty five. I think he's thirty six in December, but I get very 
easily see him doing three different franchises, and that's a wow. Yeah. That would be pretty pretty amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't hate the idea of the yeah. Lakers the Lakers retiring his number. I just I think that they like the Lakers being such a, like a high marketed franchise. They seem to have like lifelong Lakers yeah. retired before somebody that spent like four or five years with them. Right. But I but mean, if, so it, say he wins, plays, so he's thirty five, plays to he can play till he's freaking like forty two. Yeah. Honestly. But if he wins, say he wins like say he even wins, say he was like three more. No, yeah, because yeah. Shaq was only there for four years and he won three titles. Yeah. And so there is. I think LeBron wins one more. I think like he could very easily have his jersey retired. Yeah, I I wouldn't hate that at all. Yeah, I would. I it's questionable, but I would. Yeah. I not opposed to it yeah. at all. That's not. I saw. I just saw it today. That'd be wild. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's um at least twenty three still up for grabs in Miami at that point because mm-hmm. then you don't have it for the Bulls, you don't have it for the Lakers, and you don't have it for the Cavs anymore. Yeah. So twenty twenty three is going to be yeah. Extinct well, no, he was, pretty he, soon. Well, he was six with the Heat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. Like, like the, the 23 numbers. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yep. yeah. So at least there's that because the uh, 23 is probably going to get. They might honestly just retire that just with Jordan and LeBron. Like they should retire that mutually. I wouldn't. I and wouldn't even blame 24 because I mean, with the passing of Kobe, yeah. that'd, that'd be a nice tribute. Yeah, they should definitely do that. That'd be a cool they, if they yeah. did something like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, especially I with agree. 23 because you got MJ and LeBron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Wow. But yeah, uh, so that's our show. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening again. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Uh, follow us on all our all our um, social media feeds: uh, YouTube, uh, I Rust My Take Podcast, uh, Twitter, and IG, uh, and I Rust My Take Pod. Yeah. And hopefully, we'll have more updates coming for you soon. A uh, couple projects in the works that we're looking forward to, to sure. telling you guys about. But yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you have a great day.